0: Oh, hey Nintendo! Just come, come on in. Have, have a, have a seat. Cool, cool. Grab a, grab a drink, a beverage. Gary, quick at the door.
1: Okay, I'm on it. I'm on it.
0: All right, Nintendo, we've spent a lot of time, you know, praising Mario's jump physics, uh, the evolution of the Metroid franchise, all these awesome things, but it's time for us to get real.
1: We need to talk about your Earthbound problem.
0: We will not let you leave until we've said what we have to say.
1: Nintendo, you're, you're throwing your life away with this.
0: Earthbound has been so good to you. People love it, and you're not afraid to whore out Ness for the Smash Brothers games.
1: Right. I mean, if have you've have you gone to starman.net, they're goddamn crazy, like rats in the wall, $3 bill, and a fucking monkey stripper's chainmail bikini. Crazy. But they mean so well. But listen, compared to them, you are crazier.
0: We know that you love money more than anything in the entire world, even Force tutorials. Just please... For real, for the love of God, just put EarthBound on the virtual console. Just put it on the console. No, really. We're going to keep on saying it if we have to. Put it on the console. Put put it on there. Just Listen. Put it we, there. Put it
1: there. Just, We know you have your reasons, okay? And it's it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's got the Blues Brothers. It's got Mr. T. I mean, <laughs> these are things that we all love. It warms our hearts. Right. I mean, there's, there's copyright issues. There's music licensing issues. But we're all guilty of a little copyright violation.
0: I did it four times today. I mean, these can be fixed, though. There are armies of people. There are armies of fans out there who would do this work for free if you just let them.
1: It's like you found the cure for pornographic Sonic fan art, and you're just sitting on it.
0: You've discovered a keytar that can stop time, but you fucking burn the blueprints.
1: It's like Nintendo. It's like you film the fourth season of Deadwood, and you use the negatives to insulate your fucking office walls. I mean, we're sorry to be so harsh, but you have one of like ten tolerable JRPGs in the entire world, and you don't want people to play it! I mean, it's, it's classic. Nintendo, it's classic. And it's more than classic. I mean, the, the quirky humor actually survived the translation. That's a first. The music? The music is goddamn pitch perfect! I know, it's so innovative. This is unethical. It's senseless. Nintendo, this is immoral.
0: Look at me. Nintendo, you look at me right in the eye. God damn it. You done fucked
1: up. You done fucked up! <sighs> We're wasting our time, Cole. I'll just look at him, dreaming of more ways to ruin Zelda. You of me, Nintendo. Let's go.
0: Okay, I'm going to go over it and gaslight the people at Konami until they're crazy enough to make an
1: actual Silent Hill game. Alright, now Baldur's Gate's birthday is coming up. I'm going to tell it I'm planning a birthday party, but really just try to convince them to have a proper 2D sequel.
0: You know what? Our work is never done here. I watch out for fireballs. Never done. <laughs>
1: Gary Butterfield.
0: My name is Cole Ross.
1: And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It's a retro video games podcast.
0: And this week we are talking about Earthbound, which is a Japanese RPG developed by Ape and How Laboratories. Um, and it was published by Nintendo for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, also known as the SNES, or if you're a barbarian, SNES, in 1994.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And unlike uh, most JRPGs, Earthbound is pretty much the singular expression of the essayist, uh, Shigesato Itoi, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, you did. I'm I'm not great at that. Um, It is largely kind of a satirical view of American and Western culture, uh, but it's also heavily impacted by his personal experiences.
0: Now, uh, this is just a fun little bit of trivia, but the main programmer on this game was Satoru Iwata, who is the current CEO of Nintendo. Um, The game took five years to develop, which was pretty much unheard of at the time. Um, It had to be put on a uh, 24 megabit cartridge, which was similarly rare, uh, mostly due to the uh, amount of music in the game.
1: It mostly plays out like uh, most other JRPGs, um, except that there's no world map and the encounters aren't random. So, like Chrono Trigger and uh, many games that would come later, you can see the enemies on the map before you encounter them, and this lets you get the jump on them. And if you uh, attack them from behind for an extra turn, or be ambushed and lose a turn.
0: Yeah, there are other like battle mechanics that we'll talk about as we kind of go through, but it's 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 pretty standard other than that. Now, Nintendo had very little faith that the game would actually sell in America, so they sweetened the pot by releasing it with a full-length strategy guide, a bigger box. Um, and and scratch-and-sniff stickers in order to justify uh, the game's higher price. However, Nintendo was right, since the game was mostly ignored in North America. I mean,
1: we can't even cover, within the scope of this podcast, this game's cult following, um, since its fans are probably more well-known and notorious than the game itself. They're like a a good version of the No Mutants Allowed people. Like, you know, Fallout has its fans and all they want to do is see, you know, naked Fallout characters and freak out about, you know, uh, that's not quite true. But, you know, the No Mutants Allowed community is pretty, pretty villainous. And uh, the the Earthbound community is uh, kind of the positive version of that.
0: It's funny. This game is so it's it's so good natured that like it spawns these good natured rabid fans, which is Mm -hmm. something that you don't see very often on on the Internet. Now, Earthbound is bookended by two Japan only games, Mother. Uh, which came out before it, and Mother 3, which was brought out on the Game Boy Advance in 2006 um, and is only available as a fan-translated ROM in America, um, thanks to the aforementioned rabid fans.
1: Right. It was it was a big deal when that came out. I remember uh, that kind of lit up the, the internet news sites that this had finally happened, and just the the number of man-hours required in that kind of translation and everything. It was just like very much a labor of love. It yeah. just speaks to it, uh, the amount of Love for this game that I think that Cole and I are both uh, leaning towards is largely justified.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it should be said that you know, as we approach this episode of the show, both of us are earthbound uh, newbies. We are both novices. We are both um, neophytes. Any other kind of euphemism for like never finished earthbound before? Uh, you could fish. think of yeah, yeah, fresh fish. We're <laughs> earthbound fresh fish. That's, that's fucking gross, Gary. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: it's like we just like spending the first night in earthbound prison. <laughs>
0: and if your frame is- was a tall glass of water. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so. neither of us ended up crying the first night hey so, you know earth round, so that's, Fresh Fish, uh, did okay
0: we did okay um yeah so uh what you're going to be hearing is kind of you know t- two people who are coming at this for the first time from kind of a modern perspective um also carrying the entire weight of the collective praise that the internet has heaped upon it and i don't want to spoil anything but uh there are very few ways in which this game comes up comes up wanting
1: right so far at least so So, so, so we're only covering the first half of of the game as usual with long uh jrpgs we're splitting this episode up into two yeah so uh stay tuned in in two weeks for for the conclusion and uh we neither of us have played that conclusion at either so we're literally just covering the first half
0: right if you're interested in like what this like what the brackets of this episode are we go from the beginning of the game to the end of four slash the beginning of summers so if you hit All summers right. you went too far
2: Um,
1: so the, the plot of this game, uh, it's set in Eagle Land, and, which is just kind of, you know, an um, uh, uh, um, America pastiche. Bit. And you play as Ness, and you're, you're a young boy with psychic powers. Uh, one night, a meteorite lands near your home in Onet, and uh, you go to investigate. So after shooing off uh, the neighborhood fatty past Pokey, uh, you are approached by an alien named Buzz Buzz, who looks like a bee.
0: Now, Buzz Buzz, he's kind of like your Obi-Wan. He tells you that you and three others are the chosen ones and that you must defeat the unfathomable horror known as Gigas, uh, who is using his evil powers to influence the inhabitants of Earth. Uh, to carry out his plans of world domination. Uh, Pokey's mom kills BuzzBuzz, Buzz, however, who leaves you with the following instructions. You have to find the eight Your Sanctuary locations and collect the eight melodies that will help you defeat Gigas.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, as you set out on your adventure, uh, you encounter strange and bizarre people and locations while uh, gathering your party of other Chosen Ones, and uh, tr- the re- trying to stop Pokey as kind of a reoccurring thorn in your side and Gigas' right-hand man. Yeah. Is it on it or one it? I always say on it. Um, I, say, I say on, on it. it is the, is the pun, but I think on it just kind of rolls a little bit better.
0: Yeah. On it. It's, it's more of a, it's more of a Westernization. I just, I, I, I trip over that. Is it, is it Tucson or Tucson? I always said Tucson. I said, uh, I say Tucson, but Tucson makes more sense. So, but yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> I
1: don't think it's a, I think you can follow your heart on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Um, so as as we're we're talking about the names of the towns, at least the first four towns have the uh, the order of the town uh, in the title. In one of like a number of weird kind of little meta nods that this game has, many of which we'll end up kind of bringing up as we we go. Well, yeah. So we, as as we said, yeah, you start out in uh, in Onet, um, and kind of in, so the game really puts forth the fact that it's going to differentiate itself from a lot of JRPGs right away. And uh, the first thing that kind of stands out or stood out to me is the setting, yeah. Um, which is you're just, in, you know, in a suburb, mm-hmm. like normal suburb, you're interacting with, with real things. I mean, you you know, you get uh, in the first house, you get a baseball bat as your weapon, you get a, a baseball hat as, as some armor, um, you know, you, you're interacting with your family. This is, you know, not a world totally removed from our own. Which <laughs> I think casts like a
0: different light on other RPGs where... You, you, you play as like the plucky youngsters, but because you're from like this medieval village, that's kind of like hidden, you know, mm-hmm. because like in medieval times, if you were like 13, you were considered to be an adult. And what's amazing about this is like, you know, you you are ostensibly somebody who is less than 10 years old and nobody tries to stop you from going into these perilous situations.
1: No, your family is hilariously uh, either negligent or supportive, depending <laughs> on how you want to uh, want to to see that. Um, one of the, the, again, like just so many, this game is going to be a lot of, or this podcast is going to be a lot of just pointing out, uh, nice little touches. Yeah. Um, I love the, the absentee father (laughs) in this game. Like what, what, a I mean, and that's, it just runs throughout the game with several different characters. Um, you never, as far as I know, at least in the first half of the game, never meet your father. He's always at work. Yeah. So it's, it's all cats in the cradle (laughs) with with him and you just interact with him on the phone.
0: He grew up just like me. Are, just well, just
1: you wouldn't probably wouldn't mind growing up like him because he obviously <laughs> has enough money to where like, you know, several uh, weeks into the game, my character is amassed like forty five thousand yeah, yeah, um, dollars via allowance. He, <laughs> so, he
0: bankrolls the entire adventure. <laughs>
1: that, that actually reminded me of um, you know very innovative. This came first, obviously, but it reminded me a little bit of uh, Final Fantasy VIII's money system. About how you get like a salary. Yeah, I know it's, it's not exactly that because it is tied to killing monsters. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you go and you talk to your dad, he just depo- deposits an allowance mm-hmm. into your into your account. Um, super neat.
0: See, and and it's funny because like I don't know if that's if that's like a commentary on like American paternalism or you know the lack of like strong father figures in American culture. Or like, like because it, like you could say the same thing about like, oh, is his dad a salaryman? Like, is he is he always is he always away working or you know something right. like that? You like know, like Jap- hours
1: unpaid overtime a week. Yeah, and, yeah,
0: like a Japanese salaryman. You know, right. It's just it's just one of those things. But I love that. I just see it. it does, agreed. It doesn't
1: necessarily need to be. um, I feel like uh, commentary. I think something that happens with this game when you have a game that's well loved and it gets this examined, where every single aspect of it is kind of tied into a larger theme. And it doesn't necessarily need to be, mm-hmm. and this could just be a, a a neat and kind of like just a little kind of lonely touch mm-hmm. for the game, as opposed to being specifically uh, satirical.
0: And also similar to, you know, things that happen in real life and things that you can read into. It's not the meteor that lands that wakes you up. It's actually Pokey uh, knocking on your door, trying to uh, get you to go with him to uh, kind of examine the 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 meteor crash site as it were um yeah. and i think all of us knew a kid like pokey in our in our in our childhoods yeah um, he's he's a shit he's he's, he, a little-
1: <laughs> he's a little he's like a little problem child um like uh martin shorts clifford um he he's, there's a reference for you he uh yeah he's he's a, he's a little asshole kind of frenemy character you know who still uh comes and grabs you and everything like that like you get the impression that you know he's around. You know the same way like kids just hang out with each other. It's not about like whether you like people, right? At that age, you know. There's just just the group, and uh, and pokey pokey is an asshole. I really like how uh, he goes with you initially, <laughs> and he's in all of your random battles and doesn't do shit. So like you choose to fight, and pokey just keeps like you know pokey examined a rock. You know pokey <laughs> pokey's laughing to himself. You know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was pr- pretty funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, and your and your dog King. Uh, if you go with default names, all, all of us all of this assumes that we go with default names. However, following the before I uh, suggestion, I named my favorite thing Duck, um, and I named my favorite food Pussy, um, <laughs> which is a derogatory term for female genitalia, depending on your perspective. <laughs> Show notes. <laughs> <laughs> <I can't
1: laughs> like, thanks for explaining that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Just in case, you know we have. I hope, four... I hope no one's learning what pussy means from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you need to get some, some, like, spend some more time in the locker room or something. Like that. <laughs> Don't learn about pussy and yeah, watch out for fireballs. Uh, Come on, guys. <laughs> this,
0: this, this is a safe place, Gary. No, no. So we're we're assuming that you went through with your, you know, with, with the default names. If you if you chose if you chose your you know your own names for stuff, uh, you're sol. But
1: yeah, the, the uh, interestingly. So um, we talked about in the little sketch batch at the beginning of the show that, uh, uh, you know, this game has a lot of copyright issues. Um, one of the things is that you have a set of default names. So if you say, I don't care, it'll cycle through different names. And originally um, you had uh, Ness as John and there was a Beatles theme. So uh, Paula as, as Yoko. Uh, and then you had uh, uh, Paul and uh, uh, George as your other two characters. And then your dog was Ringo. Was one, <laughs> one of the, the and then if you did that, then your favorite thing was love, and your favorite food was uh, something something British. I can't remember what it was. Oh my gosh, I but so there, there's, a, there's a Beatles theme that was taken out of the American version. Your, f- which, which <laughs> your favorite,
0: your awesome. your favorite food is Strawberry Fields.
1: I, I don't think it was that's pretty good. I don't think it was Strawberry Fields. It might have been strawberries though. I can't remember exactly what it was. Nice. I kind of wish I would have played it like that.
0: I kind of want to go back and re, like like re-roll. That's awesome.
1: We didn't we didn't mention it, but that's the, one of the neat things about this game is when you first start out, it um, asks you what your favorite things are, what your favorite food is, um, you know, what uh, what you want your dog's name to be, and everything. It kind of sets that up, and uh, it, it all it all kind of comes in comes in later. As Cole said, he named his favorite thing duck, and uh, you you name your general attack psychic ability after your favorite thing, yeah, that's <laughs> the permanent psy prefix. So you're constantly going psy si, duck. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh, if you name it duck, yes, I, I I didn't I
0: didn't take I you know I used it kind of like as like oh duck you know, there's a nice little bit of serendipity you know duck feed ducks are really fascinating oh, yeah. animals and I was like okay that makes sense so duck and and like holy shit I'm, I'm defeating yeah. every boss with side duck that's amazing
1: um, I, I also did uh, did duck um, just based on the, the before I play and then for my favorite food I did Greek. Um, so, <laughs> your mom is constantly serving up hot plates of grief. You know, which... <laughs> that's hilarious. So,
0: so you venture to the top of this mountain, um, with Pokey, who is useless, and your dog King, who uh, does the majority of your damage for you, mm-hmm. um, fighting that's off that's their, like uh spiteful crows, I think, and snakes, you know.
1: Yeah. Again, another thing this game does is that a lot of times the monsters you're fighting are monsters that would naturally appear. Um, there's kind of a surrealist twist on a lot of these things, and that gets really pronounced later. But at least initially, you're fighting animals. You know, you're fighting people who would be around. It's not about monsters. Right. You know, they're really, you know, the the world is is definitely askew, but it, it's definitely a little closer to the baseline.
0: Um, and there's also the music, which, like, varies between being melodic and, you know, kind of, like, nice and tonal to being, like, this weird, like, the the, the first 15 seconds of the Final Fantasy IV uh, lunar subterrain theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just repeated ad nauseum.
1: <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, weird honking noises. That yeah. Help. There's a lot of
0: that. And, that, and that. and that's what it is here. But there's also the sound, which is, like, you know, this is a police incident, so you can hear, like, sirens and stuff in the background, mm-hmm. too.
1: And just while, you know, as good a time as I need to bring it up. So one thing I love about this game is that the random encounters, um, the, the spell effects and backgrounds uh, of this. So the, the backgrounds are just these, like, shifting, psychedelic, uh, you know, Trapper Keeper cover kind of, <laughs> kind of patterns that just look really stylish and neat, you know, as opposed yeah. to just a static background of, of where you're at. And then your spell effects, which are these, like, kind of fractal uh, yeah. geometric designs... Um, It reminded me actually most, the way they kind of repeat and, and follow the same pattern over and over, reminded me a little bit of RPG Maker. I don't know if you messed around with that at all. Oh,
0: God, I was the, I was the main guy of RPG Maker. That and the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the OHRPGCE, the official Hamster mm-hmm. Republic uh, RPG generator, a creation engine. I, I, I made so many shitty little games in those that are unfortunately lost forever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely spend some some time with those as well. And the same way you do the spell effects for those were kind of like these spell effects where you'd have like kind of, a you know, you'd choose a... a Uh, a visual image and have it, you know, which way it would move and, uh, you know, kind of what, what side of the screen would come in from, et cetera. Um, and that's what this kind of reminded me of, but they're just, it's very stylish and kind Mm -hmm. of ageless, you know, it doesn't, it makes the spell effects and backgrounds look, look cool. Even now, you know, it plays to the, the weaknesses of, of the, the hardware. It
0: took me a minute to get used to it, honestly. Um, a, because I'm not used to not seeing my characters on the screen, like i'm not a dragon quest um veteran um by any stretch of the imagination um and just kind of like i was initially turned off a little bit by it but i quickly grew to kind of like it
1: yeah i I could have stood to see my my characters um it's a little bit like the uh like fantasy star 2 um battle system as well but i would have liked to have seen the characters show up and attack like in that game that would look neat but yeah,
0: so you get up and you—I uh, forget. There's like they—they they, they turn you away, but then you can go back later after the police are—you know—the the, the police are gone, and you encounter the aforementioned Buzz Buzz.
1: Right. You know, he's a bee from the future. He gives you your quest <laughs> that that we out aligned, um, and you get into a fight with a with a Starman character at this point um, with the bee on your side, and he casts a a psychic shield on you. Yeah. which pretty much saves your bacon.
0: Which which, which is good. I mean, it's like a preview of things to come. Like, you know, so far, halfway through the game, I've not encountered another Starman uh, mm-hmm. just yet. But from what I understand, they're one of the more prominent enemies. It's on the cover of the game. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: The, uh, this is also when we're dealing with the police and the police have set up all these barriers for this town disaster. Um, it was the first thing in this game that signaled to me that it was going to be actually funny. Like that's, <laughs> I want to stress that as, as a, you know, because games can be, can be humorous. You know, and a lot of times uh you know they just kind of make me what I like to call smile out loud where I just kind of smile to myself like, oh, that's okay, yeah, you know, but this game actually like makes me laugh at certain points, which is really rare, and mm-hmm. especially for a you know a game that's translated and is this old yeah so the uh my I, the when you first go down to try to leave town, the police have set up a blockade <laughs> and one of the police officers says um you know the the ONEP police are famous for setting up barriers as soon as there are, there's a problem um <laughs> And when you're talking to the police, all they want to talk about is how good they are at setting up barriers <laughs> and, and how you know how consistent they are about it and that's that's really funny like it's it's just like this nice like little touch and I, and I, that was the point in this game where I was like, okay, this is actually like funny and this this is where I'd more or less given up when I tried to play it earlier because it's actually really pretty tough um you have to spend some time in this first area kind of grinding, and especially in the second town a oh little God. Bit or so, but you have to spend some you know it has a kind of a difficulty wall right in the beginning. So I, you know, I just thought it was going to be. I thought it was neat that it was in a, a suburban, realistic setting, but I just it wasn't enough for me to push through until the podcast came along.
0: Right, and I'm I'm so so happy <laughs> that, we, yeah. that we that we had this this motivation that the entire world is watching, as it were, <laughs> uh, um, you know, to, to 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 get me to go through it because you you know we can't say this enough. I mean, I think the furthest I gotten was the arcade. Um yeah, so so yeah, I mean it's like some, some stuff happens, you know, you get your quest. Um Buzz Buzz is killed by uh by by Pokey's mom who is this uh just horrific. She's got like this Joker <laughs> smile like lipsticked on. Um uh, she thinks he's a dung beetle for some reason. This the this insect that is indigenous only to Africa. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and is not threatening so, what's you know whatsoever, honestly. Let's well, it's a bug.
1: Yeah, it's a bug. She sees sees a bug and smashes it, which is a nice, like, funny kind of little subversion. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. because
0: you think, holy shit, I've got this awesome, powerful, like, uh, oh, wait, there he goes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, you you know, you get, and and you more or less at this point, they open up the path to to walk to the next town, which you know you need to go to the next town because you you go home and you sleep, and uh, Paula, your future second companion, contacts you in your sleep. Mm-hmm. yeah so uh yeah she contacts you and tells you, you need to go to tucson and you, you start your quest going to the next town
0: yeah um and your quest to go to the next town it's 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 funny because every every town has this arbitrary barrier that they put between you and getting you know get like getting to where you need to be um so i forget the 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 the, the, the thing that keeps you from getting from on it to tucson um, i think the police until
1: you get that dream i think the police just have a barrier set up yeah Oh no, or yeah. are you going and talk to the mayor maybe and that's when the you know the mayor says it's okay because I know there is a a part where uh, the mayor warns you. No, oh, that's in that's in that's in Tucson. You do you spend a lot of time dealing with like petty government officials. <laughs> yeah, with, the, with bureaucracy. Yeah, so so it's kind of hard to remember. I think that's actually in Tucson. I think this is just a magic. You have the dream, and the police let you through.
0: Yeah, like that. That like that lets you into on it itself. Where where you have to go up against the local street toughs, uh, who I love. They're they're like a combination of like fifties like tunnel snakes kind of kind of people from Fallout. Yeah, tunnel snakes rule. (laughs) Yeah, and and also like skater punks and pogo pogo enthusiasts.
1: When you defeat enemies in this game, you don't kill them. um, You tame them usually, and that made sense when you were fighting snakes and, and crows and stuff. But you're also taming these punks. (laughs) <laughs> which it kind of turns into like a walking tall scenario where they're cleaning up the streets with a baseball bat <laughs> just hitting punks until they, they strain up I love, right. I love the idea of, <laughs> of Ness as the main Ness is the rock yeah like they, well they ever do a movie they'll yeah. so have to get J- Dwayne
0: Johnson to, to hit so, it sorry sorry Dwayne, Dwayne. I, meant, I meant no disrespect Dwayne
1: Mr. Um. Mr. Johnson <laughs>
0: So you you have this weird like fifties aesthetic, and it's and it's weird because because like the the game kind of goes back and forth between like being it's it's officially set in like nineteen ninety x, but mm-hmm. but like there's, there's like there's this weird like fifties or sixties or seventies throwback. It's like it's it's kind of like Forrest Gump, in that in that it's a tour of
1: American culture. <laughs> You're dressed like the Beaver. Yeah. Like yeah, so I mean, you definitely have this kind of old timey aesthetic, you know, at least to you and to your character. The, what's, what's interesting, too, when you go to, you're hearing on that, you talk to the the mayor, and the, the mayor wants to avoid any kind of responsibility for any harm that befalls you. And there's all these funny like little bits about, um, you know, where, where people are complaining about the, the fact that this town has been taken over by street toughs and everything. <laughs> uh, and, it, it, you know, it's up to you to, to clean up the streets. So so you, um, you know, eventually you go to uh, the arcade, which is the, the epicenter of all these street punks. And uh, this is that difficulty wall we were talking about. This is really, really tough. Did you, I mean, was it just a question? I just ground.
0: Yeah, no, I de- I definitely ground. But my frustration didn't come from the fact that I knew, you know, that I had to grind. I knew that I was going to have to do it. But the problem is there's no real convenient place to do it. Because you can either, like, walk around in the wilds and fight snakes and crows. or I'm Sorry, spiteful crows. Yes. Uh, yeah. um, in like my voice has a song title? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Snakes and spiteful crows. Snakes.
1: So. I love that.
0: Um, but uh, um, you can either do that, and eventually they will become trivial, which is which is like an amazing game mechanic—the fact that you can automatically win a, a fight if you're if you if you outlevel your enemy enough. Yeah, um, that,
1: that should have been uh, that should be an everyday RPG that's ever been.
0: Every single one. Yeah, um, like
1: there's, there's no, no way, and we can probably talk about a couple of those things now because this is the first time we're going to spend a lot of time fighting. Um, just at post Earthbound, there's really no reason for that not to have been incorporated into everything. It's such a yeah. good idea. Like, you, you know, there's no point in fighting slimes as, like, a, you know, when you're like level 10. It just, and it happens fairly quickly in this game. Like, you don't have to outlevel them by an awful lot um, for you to automatically, automatically win the battles. Um, the other thing being is that they will run away from you. Yeah, <laughs> clearly, clearly too powerful for them. I love That's that. That's awesome! Like, what a
0: what a good idea! It's so empowering, is what it yeah. is. like, cower a, cower before me, you know, mere snake.
1: It reminds me, um, it's kind of a little bit of the, the things that Z Boy game do, does with uh, like Cthulhu saves the world and Breath yeah. of Death Seven. Uh, they've done a little bit of the, those kind of tricks. What and, is it and,
0: like uh, 20, 25 battles and you're done?
1: Yeah, yeah. They did another thing, but you know that being so, you know, grinding and random battles are are the Achilles heel of JRPGs you know I mean there's sometimes the battles are, are can be fun it's always kind of mindlessly meditative but I, I haven't played into JRPG in a really long time where I haven't gotten a little bit sick of it you know right. as, as an adult and finding a way to balm that um, is just really uh, you know really should be key that should be you know when you're designing a, a combat system for a JRPG figure out a way to make it fun consistently should be should be one and this game takes some steps in the right direction I definitely got frustrated a couple points But both of those mechanics really serve that end goal.
0: Not only is it like narratively self-conscious, I I guess not self-conscious, like self-referential or just kind of like wink, wink, nod, nod, genre savvy kind of thing. Like mechanically it is, you know, Mm -hmm. you realize like, Hey, you know, you, you shouldn't have to go through the, which, which scene and then fight this thing that you're obviously going to beat. So we're just going to let you, you know, wave you past. Right. right? You you know, and I kind
1: of wish it was like a super Mario RPG where you just touch them and get the experience. As opposed to even having to go into the you know it kind of fakes you out a little bit, yeah um and it never becomes it's not something you can abuse really it's never something where you can spend time farming really weak enemies, no. and you probably could, but it's not it's not worth it so,
0: i mean the 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 experience the experience requirements to level up are so stringent right um and and it goes up so quickly that like you you know by the time like just it's so trivial, like I was getting one or two um experience from every spyful right. crow that i that i just summarily executed
1: um just walking around taming them by looking at them get <laughs> just, in line. just a steely a glance curl, drop it <laughs> just, uh, drop it
0: just a steal right, just a steal ste- ste- what's in your beak just a steely <laughs> yeah. glance from dwayne the rock johnson
1: keep um, me, <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> I like, like, me. <laughs> like i would get tamed um, so what I'm trying to say is that I want to have sex with Dwayne Rock Johnson yes that's, that's what this whole thing is going towards that's what have been working up to for the last like 10 minutes yeah uh, not the case
0: but uh but in order to solve the street crime problem in and on it you have to fight Frank Frank mm-hmm. is uh his guy carries two switch blades and he has a pet <laughs> robot that looks suspiciously like Grounder from the uh, from the super, from the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, cartoon. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's a, and, it's, it's a, and it's a tough fight, and this was that, that wall we got to. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: before, Which, it's something. There's something that I'm I'm probably gonna talk about more in the second episode of this game because I'm still kind of trying to see if it's a trend and formulating how I want to say it. But one of the things that I think is kind of a down point for this game. Is that there's a weird, like the scaling is really strange in this game. And it's not just running into difficulty walls. Like, I keep finding that, um, you know, when I, I ground for a long time, so, the, you know, Frank was impossible, impossible, impossible. I grind until I get Psyduck, Psyduck Alpha, and then he becomes a total joke. Right. Right. And I find that a lot of the encounters in this game are like that, where there's not very much median. You spend a lot of time, you know, things tend to do a lot of damage and mm-hmm. you have the abilities that do a lot of damage as opposed to there being these kind of in-between points for things. Like, do, Am I tickling anything that sounds familiar to you? Because I'm not quite there yet with it. It's just something I was realizing last night. I got to a fr- the end of, of this is kind of a frustrating point and uh, yeah. realize it's just kind of strange that enemies that should be pedestrian at this point can all take off half of both my character's health in one hit. And then if I just grind for a little while, they become you know, every every upgrade is huge. You know, when you get a new set of weapons, which happens rarely, they're mm-hmm. a lot better. Yeah. You know, it, like a lot of huge leaps, not a lot of granularity, to the the arc.
0: No, you're definitely saying something familiar. If if the ideal like difficulty curve, not just for an RPG but for any game, is a is a straight line or a gentle slope upwards. Um, this game, and you know, this is a fault that's shared by a lot of JRPGs of the era, but it's you know most notable in this game because there are so many other things to recommend it. This game is like steps,
1: right? And it's, it's like it's, it's a zigzag, and it's an, it's a kind of um exasperated by the the weird leveling up system where like you know when you level up, sometimes it's a, it's an upgrade that's significant, and sometimes it's like plus one guts. Like, what you get upon level up? Is really unpredictable and, and varied. So sometimes yeah. it's a major upgrade to your character, you know, which is that level 10 is the magic mark in which mm-hmm. you should take on Frank, because it's when you get your spell, I think it's another one of these, like every once in a while you get an oh Baby level up, yep. which I really like, like the, the <laughs> level up tax kind of encourages you, and it's like oh man, this is great! Like, whoa! Oh, yeah, whoa! Plus 10 HP! Oh baby! Plus 5 speed! You know? Awesome! I got a Holifoil card! Yeah. <laughs> Um I think it's one of those levels, and every once in a while you get one of those levels and it's it's really great mm-hmm. the in between levels though are just not don't do very much for you no so its just it's kind of it's just off it's subtly off, and i don't know how much of it is conscious and this attempt to be kind of quirky or whether this is just a design flaw that is pasted over with all of the neat things about the game
0: i don't have an answer
1: yeah i don't and I'm hoping that like as I play the second half of the game, that will kind of uh, become more coherent. And I'll have some more examples, but it definitely feels like this game is, is, it's like you said, it's steps. It's hitting a series of difficulty walls. And then once you clear them, it's very easy. And that's, it's a strange move.
0: All of our feedback and all of our listener response alluded to the fact that the game gets much, much more difficult.
1: Right. Right,
0: which, which I, being totally frank, like I'm not looking forward to. No, it. that does, that's not encouraging. I mean, I'm yeah. not I'm not afraid of difficulty. Yeah, but 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 that you know, it's it's kind of a drag, you know. I don't I don't. Right. it's If there's not a reason for it, then don't do it. That's right. that, that that that's the long and the short of it.
1: And I'm I'm worried about it. Even though, like a lot of the responses we've had and kind of hearsay I've heard, also alludes to the fact that the game gets like a lot neater plot-wise and stuff too. So yeah, and they just keep dragging that carrot along in front of us while hitting us with <laughs> an increasingly bigger stick. <laughs> we,
0: we get ta- we get taste of that towards the end of this episode. Yeah, we 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 really do. Like, you know, there there's definitely a point where like the real Earthbound starts here. after after you get clearance to move beyond the uh you know the the uh confines of onit you um get to go to the uh giant step which is kind of like the first wilderness area for your uh, for your, your 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 sanctuary uh location mm-hmm. um i like how all these like your sanctuary locations are away from like civilization for some reason right. some-
1: yeah they're they're kind of just like these little landmarks that are, uh, you know, and they're guarded by one of these lieutenants of of Gigas. You know, one of these, it's usually like an animal of some kind that has been kind of mutated um, Mm -hmm. into a a guardian. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's real neat. It's a cool, cool idea. You get, after you, you beat that, you know, beat the boss and get the song for it. You get to sit there and listen to the, the song. It's very really haunting. Mm-hmm. These different like kind of melodies and stuff. It's a nice yeah. touch. I
0: should I should say that like be prepared for this this episode to have a lot of music. There are some episodes where I edit it straight through without any kind of break or Sacrifice. any kind of. Yeah. Sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like that, that, that was one long string of us talking. This is probably going to have a lot of music breaks because the music in earthbound, I don't know if this is the appropriate place to talk about it, but since, you know, kind of the, the, the the song that you sing to save the world is a mechanic in this, um, it feels appropriate at this point. Um, like once you get the first, you know, melody for that, um, it it feels appropriate. The music in this game is just fucking superb.
1: Yeah. It's, it's (laughs) very, very good. Um, is a lot of it is self-consciously trying to, to buck video game music styles. So a lot of the innovation and neatness of the music comes from them trying to ape uh, you know, music you wouldn't hear in video games. Um, we're we're going to talk a little bit uh, in a bit about um, when you run into the analogs for the Blues Brothers in this game. And most and all the music associated with them is this kind of, you know it's like Blues Brothers music, but through this 8-bit lens that just really kind of changes the, the tone of it. And that's not something you run into that often in these games. So again, it's subverting that JRPG expectation.
0: Even the music that you encounter when you're like going going up against these fiftieth street toughs—it sounds like Johnny B. Good.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of attention was was paid to the the music in this game, and yeah. it is it is very good. It's for from from my perspective, I appreciate the innovation. Not very much of it was as earwormy as some of the other like 16-bit JRPG games where the music I, I really enjoy, which I think is more generic, but it just got stuck in my head a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Some of it is very, very earwormy, but I really appreciate the fact that they're trying to do something different with it.
0: It's just, it, it all feels so appropriate.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And like, and like, like appropriate is, is, is probably the best, I don't know, like just saying something is appropriate for something that's like a huge compliment to right. my to, to my mind you know well
1: well considered and well executed yeah so
0: so i i've made some note of like particular tracks and we're probably gonna have like have these underlaid or uh, you know as we go but there are different genres and it's so just like strange like uh oh uh, well we'll get to it when we get when we get to it don't mm-hmm. worry <laughs>
1: So the um, so after you uh, you find this first uh, area and get your melody uh, headed...
0: <laughs> after your first of four milestones, yes. one hour yes. in,
1: yes, <laughs> uh, we 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 for a little bit. Right? Yeah, we did. I know. The uh, you you head towards uh, Tucson. Um, this is where they introduce one of my my least favorite mechanic things in the game Phew. is where you can get um, there's a fungus enemy that can infect you with a strange fungus, and mechanically it's kind of like a confusion that operates only half the time. Yeah where uh, before you act, it'll say you're feeling funky and then you attack your party. Um, but it actually has an effect outside of the game, which is to scramble your controls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't just reverse them, which is kind of the standard uh, for it, this kind of thing. It rotates them. Yes. So the trick, so the pro tip to get around this is to rotate your controller
2: yeah. with
1: it. Um, but the, the this is all fine. Like, that's fine. That's neat. The 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 unforgivable sin involved in this this status effect is that there's only one person who can heal in each town. <laughs> and there's only, we've only been to I uh, I don't think there's anyone who know, in know, o- who could heal it at this point. So it really is just, there's just three people that you've run into in this entire world that can heal this <laughs> from you. And that's really frustrating because if you end up stranded somewhere, which I did later with this fungus, getting back to, or pushing forward to the doctor to heal it is a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. So it's a, it's fine to the status effect. You have a spell that, that, cures you of status effects mm-hmm. but irritatingly as opposed to being like an asuna style spell in final fantasy language it follows the same like alpha beta omega kind of progression so it's it's at least the first two most powerful ones don't do anything for this mushroom right and that's really frustrating yep and i, I run into it later too anything that you can't heal with that is really annoying like yeah you should never have to, i mean i understand the the realism of like having to go to a doctor like, that's kind of neat. Like, you go to a doctor when one of your... Like, when one of your party members dies, they've just passed out and they've been recovering at the hospital, and you go pick them up. Yep. Now, that's kind of neat. But it makes your... It, de- it unconveniences the game. It makes things decentralized, where, you know, if you want to sleep, you have to go to the hotel, which can be clear across town from the hospital, which you need to do to revive people or cure your mushrooms, mm-hmm. which is clear across town from the pharmacy, which is where you need to, you know, buy your healing items. And that that's it's neat, but it gets really obnoxious with any amount of repetition. Yeah. And that's something I ran into a bunch.
0: And all of that is kind of exacerbated by the limited inventory, and I have a lot of things to say about the limited inventory. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you there. And and
1: kind of some of these problems we're talking about, like the combat difficulty and this limited inventory are at their worst right now before you pick up a companion. Yeah. They get a little bit better when you pick up a companion. But this limited inventory thing, especially when you have so many quest items Mm -hmm. that you carry around, it's very obnoxious. At the very least, you know, give each character two pages of inventory. Like, make it a little <laughs> bit more forgiving. Because you're rocking around with a bunch of Chris Redfields, and I want to have a Jill Valentine when it comes to that. Like, it is just, you know, it is very hard to, to have everything you need. There's also no option if, like, you go to, if you fight a battle with an enemy, and uh, you have a full inventory, and they offer you an item, you can either abandon it or trade one of your items. Mm-hmm. There should always be the option just to use it right there. Uh, that, that's a nice little friendly touch that I wish they had thought
0: of. Yeah, no, I mean and, and it's funny because they, they they're really forward thinking in a lot of ways. Like, you know, they're they buying new weapons and armor from the different drugstores that you find, like in a lot of ways it's really kind of like retrograde and it's a kind of a, an example of like what was wrong at the time. Like, oh you can't see your stats. You know, like you you only can see if it's like better in general or worse in general, but you don't know if it's better because it has better attack or if it's better because it has better attack but, it's gonna, but it's much miss worse. 80% like, of the time. You, right. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of like, oh, it's flashing, so I'll buy it, but not know that it's wrong. However, it's it's forward thinking in that, like when you buy an item and equip it there, you can sell the old one.
1: Right, all in one move. Um, anywhere where you're going to buy weapons, there's an ATM. Yeah, right next to you know, right next to it, which is how you get get money. Like there are, there, It's just kind of an unusual. You know, they're so far ahead of the game on so many things that when you find one of these things that is a a kind of a mistake or kind of a a backpedaling, it's just really surprising. You know, and it really speaks to the quality of the rest of the game that these things stand out so much. Uh You know, this isn't us just powering through some relic and just thinking like, you know, oh, this is, you know, we're not playing Dragon Quest (laughs) 2. You know, it's not it's not like we're just thinking, oh, this is the, the style of the time. You know, most of the rest of this game is really impressing us. So when these things pop out, it just it really is noticeable.
0: Yeah. And just, it's kind of like the the, the question that you ask yourself is why? Right. Like, like what's the reason? Is, like, if you're building scarcity in as a gameplay mechanic, why? Tell me why, or at least have the reason explained.
1: Right. Because that, that works in survival horror. Like that, that is the primary point of survival horror. You know, it's a game about managing your resources this shouldn't be a game about managing your resources, though. Um, I found at the, the point, the end point where we played, I had so much money, <laughs> and I, I would just power through these parts by stocking up on healing items and stuff. But one thing is that I couldn't find a place to buy an item that restored my my psychic points. So that's one problem in general that was very frustrating. But two, I just didn't have enough room in my inventory to buy all the healing items that would let me power through. No, you know every character has to have, uh, you know, various there's there's things they have equipped. There's plot items. Um, there are items that count as equipped things, like different badges you can have in your inventory that just kind of mm-hmm. work as if they're equipped, but they have to take up an inventory slot. So I just had so much money, but so little to do with it and so little space to put the things I'd buy. Mm-hmm. It's like that Twilight Zone episode. You know, like, <laughs> like, you know. But I had time now. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it just, it was a, it's a really strange choice that I, I wish they they hadn't done. Um, and it and, and as we say you know, it gets a little bit more forgiving as you get more people in your party mm-hmm. but at this point it's pretty annoying
0: but it's kind of like alleviated by the fact that as you get further away further away from on it and you know kind of go you know into these new locales, things genuinely get pretty pretty interesting Right right. Like right. you you get into Tucson And there's this like market that is led by organized crime And this dude named Everdread And you have these two uh, you have These two inventors named Apple Kid and Orange Kid And you have to decide, decide with one of them or the other Only one mm-hmm. of them ends up being useful You know
1: <laughs> I sided with both I gave them both money I
0: gave them both money But that's because like money is like cheap
1: yeah. yeah, and, and uh, one of them gives you a totally useless item. And one yeah. of them turns out to be a useful inventor throughout the game. Yeah. Um, one of the things, just a neat little touch. So we were talking about this market. Um, all your HP ups that you get in this game are food. Mm-hmm. And at the market, you can find a guy who sells uh, seasoning. And if you happen to have a seasoning in your inventory that's appropriate for the food, when you eat it, you get greater benefits, mm-hmm. which is kind of a nice touch. Um, one really cool thing is you can buy a for sale sign. Um, which I never I couldn't keep around with me Because this fucking inventory thing But it allows you to put up a sign And it just attracts Random businessmen <laughs> Who will buy things from you. Like I saw that sign What do you have for sale?
0: No matter where you're at Are you yeah. some kind of tool store? Okay Like I'll buy this Chicken from you, pretty, okay. pretty hilarious.
1: Like, it's a really like really funny idea for an
0: item. Yeah, I love the music that happens, like whenever somebody like Escargo Express or one of these inventors or you know, somebody like is coming after you. It's like uh, we'll, we'll play it in the background. I don't yeah, but <laughs> but it's like, oh, something wrong. Oh, wait, no, somebody's coming to give me something or buy something. <laughs> no, no, that that for sale sign that is like the best purchase you can make in this game. Yeah, it's
1: it's a cool. Once you have enough room where you can consistently keep it in your inventory it will help you out by being able to get rid of things and manage your inventory better
0: yeah i didn't buy it until i got paula but
1: yeah so you so you fight this Evered, uh Ever-Dread character and uh he's actually he's fine with you he's he's gonna be uh, uh you know buddies with you um i know that he gives yeah he gives you money he gives like, you that's... like
0: ten thousand bucks just because like he says because yeah,
1: you're because you're a bro <laughs> um and you're going to go um uh, eventually you're going to use this. So you, this is the point where you meet the uh, the Runaway Five. Yeah. Which are the the Blues Brothers stand-ins.
0: So delightful. I watched Yeah, the they're, they're
1: pr- pretty awesome. Like, o- always in trouble, like, always owing money. Um, you know, just kind of going from venue to venue. For some reason, just owing ridiculous amounts of money. Which, I like, guess, isn't how music works. Like, I was in a band for a while, and, like... <laughs> We were really unpopular, but we made money. Uh-huh. Like, from the, we didn't owe, like, the clubs we play like, $10,000. And they're
0: ostensibly good, mus- good musicians.
1: Yeah, totally. Like they're very popular, popular you know? Yeah, people love them. They're just really bad at business. <laughs> uh, but when you first run into them, you find out that you owe them this money... And uh, you have to go rescue Paula before Everdred will give you the money. Yeah. Kind of arbitrarily. I don't think there's anything that ties those two events together.
0: No, no. It's just like after after rescuing Paula and 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 stopping the happy happy cult, Everdred says like, "Hey, I was going to invite you to you know be my partner in crime, but I knew, you, I, I, knew I knew that you would decline, so just here have this money anyway. I was going to give it to you. Whatever. You know. Ever, right. Everdred seems like a good guy, although I think that he's going to betray us later. But that's he's just my very, very that's, just, well. that's just my feelings.
1: Yeah, it's a good good feeling. Um, in order to get to to Paula, you find Paula runs a, an orphanage, a preschool. Yeah, preschool. There we are. And you find out that she is in. A, she's been taken to Happy Happy Village. <laughs> um, and in order to get there, you have to go through a Peaceful Rust Valley, uh, which there's not very much. You know, nothing really neat happens in the game at this point, other than that you run into a big lead statue shaped like a pencil, <laughs> and that orange kid uh, invents a pencil eraser. Don't use it near a pencil store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which just erases statues shaped like pencils that will be in your way.
0: Um, <laughs> I love how just how specific to your particular quandaries his, mm-hmm. his inventions are. He's like I, Q.
1: He like he's cute. It Q. reminds me of like a Lucas kind of kind of humor almost.
0: Why does this chicken right. have a pulley in
1: it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like it, it reminds me a little bit of, like Monkey Island logic, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, Peaceful Rest Valley is not. There's not that much going on there. I found this pretty tough.
0: Yeah, because you like encounter these like flying saucers and strange uh, robots and aliens. The, the like, trees, man! They, oh, the The, fuck, <laughs> the screaming the, trees. Yeah, the trees, of, uh, have like
1: a, a fuck you attack whenever you kill them. That does like a <laughs> lot of damage. Like they always explode into fire when you kill them, and like no matter what, they're going to do a lot of damage with you to you on your way out. And you don't have very much in the way of psychic points at this point, so you can't no. really, uh, you know, spam your powerful attacks on these things. And this took me, you know, many trips back and forth to get through here. This yeah. was the second point in the game where I had to do some
0: grinding. This will this will come up in the in the listener responses, but I was really happy that I had an emulator at this point. Like yeah. I was I was I was playing it I was I was playing it on my on my TV just like plugged in through an HDMI from my MacBook. Um and like I was happy to get up and you know go go next to the TV to you know freeze and uh unfreeze my 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 save state to 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 get through this kind of stuff. Um, it's definitely not the way it was meant to be played. If I was playing it the way it was meant to be played, um, I would be much more frustrated with this section. Um, all that I was left with was an abiding love for butterflies because Ness, right. Ness is the only character that can heal
1: in your party for some reason. Right. It was a weird, weird choice. Like We'll talk about the, the party mechanics and party balance kind of stuff a little bit more once we get more party members. Um, but that is another just kind of weird thing to me. Is that he's by far your most valuable character. Yeah. He's your biggest damage dealer and your healer. You know, and your biggest magic and... Well, just about biggest magic. Like, second biggest magic, biggest physical, yeah. and healer in your party all in one. Mm-hmm. So more or less, you we are screwed if, like, something happens to the nest. Yeah. Like, so, you know, this is very tough. I wasn't abusing save states at this point, so I just kind of made my way through. I eventually, make it to Happy, Happy Village. I think we both really like this part.
0: <laughs> See, um, th- this is what I loved about being
1: completely new to the experience right
0: because I mean, like there
1: are, there are things that have been like spoiled for me that I've heard of just the same way like when you're a little kid you hear about Citizen Kane through like Animaniacs and shit yeah like there are certain things in this game I'd heard of but this was not one of them no. and uh, <laughs> I was really happy to stumble across <laughs> this
0: Just like this just, just you, you step foot into happy happy village and you see that everything is just a little bit off and you hear the music that's a little bit strange that's in the background right now um, and everything is blue and you start talking to people, and they're all just a little bit off. And just you're like, you're like "Oh, it's a fucking cult! It's like, it's like, a, right. it's like, it's like fucking side ties out there, you know? It's like <laughs> uh, worshipping Ron Hubbard and covering everything blue,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. And they they have this this blue blue chant. It's not, <laughs> the, the color, like the colors in this game, and I wanted to talk about this specifically when we get to Moonside, but mm-hmm. every I love the coloring in this game. Yeah, like it's very bold. Like it's just blue, you know? It's a Super Nintendo blue. But they're not afraid to have things you know it be overwhelmingly blue or overwhelmingly like one color and it just it gives us like aesthetic like it's very bold you know and uh and this like some of the interiors in this area um really brought that home for me um <laughs> Sorry, I, I really like I really like this area. Happy Happy Village was a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, no, it was, it's it's one of those nice little story beats that's kind of like a, I don't I don't know. I'm trying to tap into something from a previous game that we've played, but just uh, just where it's so carried by the goodwill of the lore. But it's just this cult that's you know led by this Mister Car Painter um, mm-hmm. who wants to you know paint the entire world blue because it'll make everybody happy. And they're so vexed because there's this area to the to the east of town that cannot be painted blue no matter how hard they try. And there's a woman who says, you ought to be struck by lightning because you don't agree with our cult. <laughs> which turns out to be true because you cannot take on Mr. Carpainter until you find Paula in her uh, prison cabin mm-hmm. and get the Franklin Bash from her, which will reflect any lightning attacks from you.
1: People are constantly uh, kidnapping Paula in order to make her into some kind of child bride. <laughs> Like pretty creepy, because like he doesn't say exactly why he kidnapped her. But there's another character who's like, I'd heard Mr. Carpainter was looking for a, a woman with psychic talents to be the, his his wife, or something. And I presume that Paula is like, you know, ten. Yeah. The same way that, that everyone is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later she gets kidnapped by another old lech. Uh So it just it seems like this happens a lot.
0: Like, yeah. Pretty creepy. She's really powerful. I mean, she's a powerful psychic. You know. Doesn't excuse it.
1: Yeah, not, yeah, doesn't. <laughs> yeah, th- that will not stand up in court. No, so so there are no. There's no state that has age of consent laws tied to how psychic the victim is. <laughs> not even in the South. So, <laughs> so, officer, she was. Officer, she sci-fi she,
0: right. she she had sapphire gamma. What was I gonna do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh yeah. I l I love the uh, the happy happyism uh, Scientology happy happyism. Um <laughs> Yeah. headquarters um, I, t- I took multiple screenshots of this because it's so unnerving because it's just this these 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 throngs these hordes of people that are in these like fucking blue clansmen outfits yeah. with, <laughs> with blue paintbrushes yeah
1: they, they fight you with blue paintbrushes i love uh this is a cool part too when you get into that the cult uh or the kind of compound because um one the dialogue is pretty funny like there yeah. are a bunch of people who kind of don't quite have it right <laughs> there's a guy who's like green green wait wait blue, nope blue, nope nope know? And then Just there's one guy says blue, like B-L-E-W, uh, like blue, <laughs> blue, and, and stuff like that, which is kind of fun. Um, but it's also kind of a neat little, like, navigation puzzle where you can talk <laughs> to certain people to have them try to get out of your way, and you have to find the right people to, to get out of your way to make your way through this large crowd, which is kind of neat. Eventually, you make it up to Mr. Carpainter, and uh, he gives you his, you know, would you like to join me in taking <laughs> over the world speech. And regardless of what you say, he strikes you with lightning, which teleports you out into a yard of the blue cow. Which would have been a good image for the the cover of the game if it wasn't, like him laying in the field with that blue cow is a really nice like you know summing up of this.
0: Nice, like uh, like pa- pastoral, but just a little bit off.
1: Yeah, and uh, the, the the cow is nice and tells you that uh you know Mr. Carpenter shoots lightning if he doesn't like you, um so you you know you go and get Paula and then you eventually fight him, take him out. Um, you have this in your notes, but I also agree. I don't like how when you get new characters, they are level one.
0: It's it's really frustrating. It's kind of like when uh, when Cecil becomes uh he becomes a paladin. Yeah. And he's useless throughout the entire descent down mod ordeals. You know. But he he
1: levels up so quickly. Yeah. And Paula levels up quickly too, but she's still not in my game. She's still not near near Nas. Like I think she's rocking like level thirty five, and he's level forty one. Right. So I mean, she doesn't quite catch up, and she's just. By a less powerful character than this. Like she has maybe a third the hit points. Um, she has psychic, like she has the elemental psychic abilities. Yeah. You know that we all come to expect the fire, you know fire, fire, fireaga, um, and she's powerful, but she's just so fragile in this beginning point. Hey, you've progressed
0: through the story through this point. Here, have a burden that you have to carry with you.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's kind of kind of neat. Like she starts out with a teddy bear item, which you can buy earlier. Which yeah. I like, the teddy bear, like it, it is in your party and it just kind of takes some of the hits yeah. um, for you. I like that item. Frustratingly, though, like whenever you have the teddy bear or another party member, and we didn't talk about this, you can't ride the bike. Like the, the way in which you try to, you know, all RPGs should have a run button. That seems mm-hmm. elemental. Um, this game, the way they handle it is pretty annoying. Like you get a bike, but you once it's useless after you leave that first town, because you'll have more than one party member with you and only one person can ride the bike at a time. Right, um, or you eat a skip sandwich, which does not give you very much health and lets you run faster for a very short amount of time.
0: Like until the next screen.
1: Well, not not even that. Like that really, you no, know, yeah, it doesn't not last that long.
0: I only ever eat so, my skip sandwiches to like free up an inventory spot. So, so yeah, I,
1: I would eat them in towns because I would have I would die and have a lot of crap to do. Like it's like okay, I have to go to the hospital to revive Paula, then I have to go to the the hotel which is across town, then I have to go to the deli to buy some sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I would try to run. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll buy a skip. I'll do the skip sandwich first. Buy a sandwich, and that should give me enough juice to run these errands quickly. And it, it does not. It lets you run, like, two blocks. Right. So kind of a bullshit item and kind of an annoying way to, to cover this.
0: It's not as bad with Paula as it is, like, with Jeff and then to, like, a really, really huge extent later on with Pooh. Like, for those for the, for the first, like, hour that you have any of these characters, they're literally just new inventory slots
1: for you. Right. Inventory slots and, like, hits that Ness can take. They're, yeah. like, one additional hit point for Ness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty annoying, but eventually she does get does get good. Um, you have in the notes, you did this in the correct order where you went to the the Put steps next. For some mm. reason I didn't do that. Like, I forgot about it and went back to Tucson and had to come back here way later.
0: Way later? Like, how much later?
1: Uh, well, after the the ghost got cleared up. Between Tucson oh, really? wow. and Threed, so I had to complete Threed um, because I no longer the I couldn't get the uh, Runaway Five van to go backwards, you know, to go back to Tucson. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of do these in, in any order. You shouldn't, but just uh, it's something about. Yeah, you know, I don't think it was the game's fault. I think it pretty clearly communicated to me that this is where I would need to go next. I just yeah. forgot.
0: I admit to kind of to kind of facking it just a little bit because you know I I like. About. Earth, Earth like, sorry, Aimless Wandering kind of is a really huge turnoff for me. And so I would say like, okay, where should I go next? So like even the sidebar of the Starmen.net walkthrough that I'm looking at right now to help me think of things to say um, was was incredibly valuable for me.
1: Right. The, the game has kind of a nice built-in uh, version of trying to reduce that, in which in each town there's a guy who sells hints yeah. for the reasonable price of $60, which is you know becomes nothing. Yeah. In this game and that's pretty neat that they they included a way about that because the game does get kind of inscrutable mm-hmm. at times and it, it becomes ins- inscrutable and it also becomes arbitrary at times too and the characters on um, they underline this like crazy where a character <laughs> will say like it seems like you need to do this don't ask me why it's just a feeling you know <laughs> things like that happen a lot so th- it owns it but uh it does kind of become gif- difficult to know what to do next at certain points
0: so <laughs> We continue the trend of the actual plot points, the actual MacGuffin that you're supposed to be going after, mm-hmm. uh, the, the melodies, you know, like the, the Lilliput steps. There's nothing really too special about that. It's just a cave that you go to and you fight a big bloody mole.
1: To... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, who's who's a tough fight? Um, not yeah. when I came back for it. So it's actually so I'd seen this guy. Um, I went and fought him when I was looking for Paula, actually, mm-hmm. now that I think about it and just forgot to go back. So I fought him way too early and it was really, really tough. Is is he appropriate when you have Paula and everything? Is he appropriately tough or is he super tough?
0: I don't remember it being a huge deal. Um Psy Paralysis is definitely the way you have to go with mm-hmm. a lot of these bosses. Like like my, my my first my first turn with Ness at any given opportunity is to or any given boss fight is to cast Psy Paralysis. Um because that will make that, that's like the win button for a lot of these bosses. Yeah. It's not like a Final Fantasy game where the where the status effects are useless against enemies, but like incredibly potent against you. It's it's right. it's equal on both sides. It's a little
1: bit like uh, Final Fantasy ten did that as well, which yeah. I really appreciated. Yeah. So after you, you get this uh this second melody, you head back to Tucson and uh you know you're getting ready to bail out the runaway five because you you know, Everdread gave you that money. And you get to watch their little musical performance, mm-hmm. which is
2: pretty
0: awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there, there, there's, there's a somewhat long tradition of terrible musical scenes in games, which extends pretty much to the, the opera in Final Fantasy VI, and the uh, the musical uh, rock opera in Chrono Cross, mm. um, both of which are, you know. Yeah, I, I don't remember great. that.
1: I, I played Chrono Cross, but I don't remember the rock opera. Well,
0: part. you don't remember an awful lot about Chrono Cross, that's, which we need to talk about. So, um, so <laughs> we we didn't have a long heart to heart about that. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's cool. It's it's neat, and I'm 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 a big enough fan of the Blues Brothers to like to just be like entirely digging it at this point. It was a nice surprise for me. Again, like so many things, having not been exposed to this game before, like holy shit, it's the Blues Brothers! But mm-hmm. why are there six people in the Runaway
1: Five? I I don't know. They weren't originally called the Runaway Five in Japan. No? They're like the Tan Ton Kuko Brothers or something like that. Yeah. Um so it made more sense. But I kinda like the Runaway Five definitely sounds a little catchier than Runaway Six. And just in the the quirky way that this uh you know, this game has you solve puzzles, like this is how you're getting through a tunnel filled with ghosts (laughs) is by getting on a tour van that plays loud enough music to scare them away. You know, pretty neat. They play really like I like the music when you get on this this bus.
0: Oh god! Um, between towns. What, was it was it this bus or just in general? Because my favorite track so far is the bus music.
1: Um, both of them are good. Yeah, they're they're, they're not dissimilar actually. Either they're both like pretty funky.
0: Yeah, but that but like the 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 bus that takes you from the desert um in Threed to like Forsen that mm-hmm. like awesome surf rock kind of yeah. kind of kind of song. Holy shit! That is the best music I've heard in the like sixty bit yeah. game ever.
1: Yeah, it's super good.
0: so great. Uh,
1: when, when you get the thread uh, all is not well. No, no. Um, the uh, thread has been taken over by, by like a zombie circus. <laughs> or, or there's zombies and there's a circus. At yes. first I thought there was definitely a relation but apparently not.
0: They're just concurrent, they're parallel. Parallel zombie parallel circus. Yeah, and this is before zombies got played out, which is yeah. which is which is uh, remarkable
1: the, uh, this is another real highlight for humor in the uh, NPC interactions. Like, similar to like when you play Planescape, like when you when you play Torment, every NPC is going to say something interesting. In this one, there's a good chance someone's going to say something a little bit funny. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the the interactions in this town, uh, you know, really highlighted that, where you know people are saying things like, um, you know, I'm 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 so scared I can't even run away from like the zombies or something like that. Like they're just and this calmly walking back and forth in this town that's you know surrounded by zombies. Mm -hmm. Um, When you go and knock on people's doors, they say funny things because they don't know if you're a zombie or not. not (laughs) One one person says,
0: ah, zombie. And they're like, pause, pause, pause. Oh, wait, I'm watching a zombie movie. Come back later.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of like goofy little bits of this town uh, besieged by by zombies. That's pretty fun.
0: Yeah, you you venture into the graveyard um, to try and find, you know, because obviously you're going to go to a graveyard to find the heart of the zombie infestation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you find these zombies that don't just attack you, but they kind of like stare directly into your soul. Um, and the plot will not progress until you go back to the hotel where um, seemingly a prostitute will lure you into the hotel for a zombie uh, ambush.
1: Yeah. A where... really, really weird scene. That So, like, so crazy. It, it kind of, it breaks down. Like I don't, you know, I don't like those arbitrary gates, you know, it's the same thing we we're complaining about in sort of mana yeah. um, where, you know, you have to do X before Y will happen and there's no connection. Between the two, like I did not like that I had to go look for those zombies for the, the woman to appear mm-hmm. um, because I didn't know that I had to go back to the hotel, you know. So I spent a lot of time walking around the peripheral of the town, trying to move into the next town, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obnoxious. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you, when you go in here and you get uh, ambushed by not just zombies, but it looks like a big collection of just kind of monsters, uh, general monsters, uh, it reminds me of the, the group of in uh, the Shinning episode of The Simpsons, <laughs> the group of monsters that drags Homer out of the, the pantry. Um, where like you think it's just gonna be ghouls and just there's a Dracula and a Wolfman and a Freddy and uh, all those things. It reminds me of that. Like you just kind of get tackled by all these things, and then the game does something again, like really innovative, mm-hmm. where now you know it just fades out and you're in uh, winter. Is a winter hold or winter side? Winters. Winters. It's just winters. Um, yeah. So you're in like a boys' school in on the other side of the the country, yeah. uh, or the other side of the world actually, because you have to cross an ocean to get there later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then you're introduced to the third member of our, our party, uh, Jeff.
0: Jeff, who has no psychic abilities but has the ability to, uh, to use various tools and technology. And even when he sleeps, uh, he will repair broken items um, that you have in your inventory.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a neat, uh, neat mechanic. It's a good reason to give him your IQ uh, stat ups yes. because it's based on his IQ. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Rudo in Fantasy Star 2. Where right around the third character you get in that game is also a character who cannot use magic and just uses guns. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Like you're in this weird kind of like boys' school. Like in this theme of absentee fathers. Like your your father is this famous inventor, um, and when you meet him, he barely knows your name. He's <laughs> very doctor ventry.
0: Yeah, um, um, this is like this is a neat little diversion. I mean, it's it's kind of frustrating because you don't have as much like at your disposal. As you do when you're playing with Ness. I mean, you know, we've we've established that Ness is the uber mensch, um, <laughs> but uh, but you do have a you you do eventually recruit a buddy who will help you through the
1: entire thing. Uh, bubble monkey. Yeah, yeah, you get, a, you get a, a bubble monkey that joins you. I was gonna say in addition to getting a bubble monkey though, I, I just keeping with that Lucas humor theme, um, to get into the locker where the the instructor at the academy gives you the bent key. Uh-huh. And the bent key won't work, so he gives you a device that opens doors if you have a bent key in your inventory. <laughs> like, that's straight up, like, Monkey Island. Yeah. Like that is a very Monkey Island, uh, you know, puzzle solving.
0: So arbitrary and specific, the way that you're able to yeah. proceed through
1: this. Bubble Monkey is a, is a pretty powerful companion, though, at this point, And you really need it, because this can be pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And Jeff by himself is not very is not incredibly useful, but Bubble Monkey will will absorb some hits and then you know deal out some damage. Uh, you have to go through Dungeon Man's uh, creation. Uh, I love like Dungeon a, Man like a little maze. Well, you know it's it's good that you love Dungeon Man because he is the first combination of human and dungeon in history. It's <laughs> so
1: good. It's <laughs> such a good line. It is so like I love you. to find the sign. It's like welcome to my dungeon, and just, like, the dungeon you know has all these signs in it, and you just go to the end of each path, and there's a treasure. In the end, he asked for like criticism. You know, like, <laughs> what do you think of like, the dungeon I created? I- I'm almost certain this guy will come back, and I really, really hope he does. Oh, like he's so perfected much. the dungeon. That would be a really good way to put in like the the challenge dungeon in the game. Mm-hmm. Is they have Dungeon Man uh, put like, that together? Finally,
0: master his craft.
1: Yeah, I really <laughs> like Dungeon Man though. Dungeon Man is hilarious. But it is so
0: surreal. It's such a. It's like it's dream logic the entire yeah. way through. Yeah, but. Uh... Um, eventually you, 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 know, you hit the Southern border and there's this big Lake. Um, and, uh, apparently there are all these people, these scientists who are looking for, uh, I forget the name of the monster. Is it Nessie yeah, or the, yeah, Te- oh, t- 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 monster, but yeah Tessie.
1: Tessie, Tessie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they couldn't call her Nessie. No. Um, given that you've already got Nessie. <laughs> um, and eventually the way you get across the Lake is, uh, your, your, uh, bubble monkey, uh, blows a bubble and you float across. Yes. No, no. Bubble, can, bubble Monkey,
0: he, he, he blows a bubble, which for some reason summons Tessie, and you ride on Tessie's back oh, across, yeah. Yeah, across the lake um, to, the, to the area with Stonehenge in it.
1: Yep. We, we can fight cavemen, which are really, really tough, but give you a lot of experience and yes. always give you a picnic lunch, which is enough to fill up your HP. So if you want to spend any time grinding, Jeff, this is the time.
0: But on, on the other side of the lake, you find Dr. Andonits' lab? Um, Mm -hmm. And he has this uh, machine called the Skyrunner, which will take you to the source of this psychic message from Paula. Um, Did we mention that's why Jeff was like going on this quest? No, we were. Yeah, Paula's calling him, you know.
1: Mm -hmm. That's that's what she does. Yeah. She she summons uh, men to her to to do these things. Um, This is when you meet his dad and his dad, you know, this awesome absentee father. Like, I like the dialogue when you meet his dad a whole lot. Um, Oh, This is also And when you get In the Skyrunner That's actually My favorite music In the game
0: (laughs) Won't uh, get fooled again (laughs) Yes
1: (laughs) Well it's not exactly that It's very similar though Yeah It's incredibly similar But it just kind of Goes on for a while And I like the video Don't get fooled again Yeah That's uh, where They start farting up With all those guitars And stuff (laughs) I like uh, the Who synthesizer Tone Mm Mm-hmm that they use to introduce their songs.
0: I prefer the opening to <laughs> Baba O'Reilly, but that's just me. Yeah, also, um,
1: good.
0: <laughs> also really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also the main reason why this will never see a re-release. But
1: yes, even yeah. though it'd be an easy fix, it's not like they don't change music. It's not like they couldn't do it. Yeah. So. Oh. Well. It would be worth it.
0: But it's funny because you ride the skyrunner across uh, ostensibly the entire world, um, right to where this psychic emanation is coming from, and instead of landing gently in order to you know help, you know have you find your way to these people, it just crashes through the ground and like right. blows open a hole into the crypt
1: that they're being held in. It's all sweet dreams and flying machines, <laughs> flying in pieces on the ground.
0: I was actually playing that guitar. I was I, I was like <laughs> I had that stuck in my head when I was waking up this morning, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn that. I'm gonna learn that intro on my guitar um of three uh, that's the, huh. uh, that that's the biggest uh, that's the biggest uh hurdle that you have to get over and uh, yeah i learned it Yeah, so, so, huh. it. so it's strange that you mentioned that but yeah sweet dreams of flying machines um underneath crypts with uh absentee children um <laughs> <laughs> and uh your bent key machine will help you open up the door uh to the cell where you're being held
1: by these various ghoulies and ghosties yep, and you, you kind of go through um like a set of catacombs to get out yeah. i believe and uh, eventually go back to the uh, to that area where the zombies were, were guarding the uh, the ladder. Before and that,
0: before that, you have to uh, like do this crazy little side quest where you fight a monster circus tent that pops up below. Oh so, yeah! Yeah, that's that, that's the intersection <laughs> of the zombies and the circus because there was already about, yeah. a circus tent, but the zombies are adapting, and so they set up their own circus to the south of the town, and you fight this gigantic circus tent that has this big horrible mouth of fangs. I knew
1: that you could do that, but I did that, but I forgot which order it was. Yeah, um, yeah, and 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 that is what leads you to in, invent the zombie paper, or mm-hmm. leads you to find the zombie paper. Yeah, yes. because
0: because after you defeat the after you defeat that apple kid or orange kid or whichever one's the good one, he calls you and says, "Hey, I have the zombie paper." Yeah, yeah, which is which is like fly
1: paper. Yeah, you just put it down in the the uh, middle of the tent, and then uh, go to sleep, and then you get to see a little cutscene with all the zombies <laughs> heading there, and the morning you get to go there and check it out. And they're all just lying on the floor, twitching. Everyone is commenting about how bad it smells and how disgusting it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awesome.
0: But this frees you to go to the uh, to the zombie headquarters, which is being led by Mister Belch, who apparently is also publishing the Zombie Times, yeah. <laughs> the Zombie Herald. Oh, the Zombie Herald. Yeah.
1: yeah. He's setting up a newspaper um, over in, in Grapefruit Falls, which requires you going through Saturn Valley, which is kind of the other like kind of hallmark character. Yeah, from this game other than Starman, are mm-hmm. these uh, Mr. Saturn characters? Now you run into one of them earlier, unbeknownst to you, mm-hmm. where you go and you knock on his door and he talks back, and you can tell that's him because of the music and the font. Yes, the, the font is very unusual.
0: There has to be somebody who's made that font.
1: Oh, I'm I'm 100 sure. Yeah, I, it's probably something that you have to do in order to get admin rights at Starman.net. Like <laughs> <laughs> re-
0: recreate the Starman font,
1: fine and
0: dandy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. This is, I I like uh Siren Valley. Yeah, this was rad.
0: So um, good. The music's good. It sounds like Masidia. Yeah. I know this is the second episode in a row in a row where we reference the Masidia music. Because the Masidia music's
1: really good. Yeah. When, when eventually we do the Final Fantasy IV episode, uh, it's just going to have the Masidia music going throughout the entire. <laughs> <laughs> <so> good. Um,
0: <laughs> but Mr. Saturn, no, he's 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 really good at it. All of them are called Mr. Saturn, they're singularly uh, referenced as that. Um, they may, all have these I mean, good.
1: Yeah, the only exposure I'd had to him was throwing him in Smash Brothers. Like oh yeah, up in Smash Brothers. You just pick him up and toss him at Falcon. you know, and that that's it. And he <laughs> just falls and dies. Um, Hell, it's such a weird, fun
0: playing. <laughs> But it's, but it's great because because you can rest for free, too, yeah. Which 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 is good.
1: Yeah, you get some good items as well. Even though you you can't tell what an item does before you buy it, so you'll find these really expensive items, these like life thorns and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to buy them because I didn't know what they would do. I know, um, right? So I eventually like looked online for them because at this point that the amount of money that they, you know they cost is not insignificant. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it turns out it's just a phoenix down. Yeah. So. And they still don't sell... It. So this may have been something like I wasn't diligent enough in checking the shops. A continuous frustration in this game for me was not being able to restore my, my PP. Mm-hmm. Um, do, is there a store that sells those Carmels? Were you able to find one? Because I just found a couple of them in chests.
0: No, no, I've only ever found them in chests.
1: That's really annoying. Because as we get like, a little bit later, when we get to this very really frustrating kind of down point in the game, I really could have used an ability to, to recharge my, my psychic energy.
0: Yeah, no joke.
1: So I thought maybe there was one in Saturn Valley, and it was one of those things I didn't pick up because it was expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, no.
0: No, not at all. But yeah. uh, but they do equip you pretty well to you know kind of like take on the stuff that's coming up. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you go to Belch's Factory, which is a pretty which is a pretty fun area.
1: Yeah, um, it has really cool music again. Um, that use of the uh, the kind of metallic and dissonant sounds instead of melodic sounds mm-hmm. in the music. Um, I read that one of the copyright issues that is holding this back possibly is it sounds like the beginning of Welcome to the Machine by Pink Floyd. Really? Which, which is, you know, they're pretty similar, um, which is pretty great. And uh, there's a lot of funny dialogue in this with people who work at this factory. You know, a lot of it's like kind of a living style stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and eventually you do fight uh, uh, Master Belch. Who, earlier, you found an item called Fly Honey. As a fan of
0: black exploitation in general, the idea of anything <laughs> being called Fly Honey is just <laughs> is just <laughs> astonishing to me.
1: <laughs> uh, so you, you stick one of the uh, uh, goddamn. I was going to make a joke. What, what are the what are the girls called on Living Color? The uh, Fly Girls. Yeah, so yeah, Fly Girls. You stick a Fly Girl.
0: Um, <laughs> <and it> distracts
1: <laughs> He spends mostly. spent almost all of my battles eating honey. <laughs> Yeah. Not too bad. No, no. Um,
0: so, so, Like, r- 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 rewrite. Um, The password to get into the Belch Factory. Oh, um, yeah. You have to stand still for three minutes.
1: Yeah, and they tell you that. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, what a weird idea. Yeah. But it's kind of, I mean, again, it matches that tone. Because, like, I, I I went to the part, you know, went to the waterfall, uh, didn't press anything on my controller, just got up and got, like, a drink. Yeah. And uh, you added on a Facebook thing where, like, this game, and you can also, we didn't talk about this, but you can play this entire game with just your left hand. Mm-hmm. The L button can be a contextual button that does everything. Yeah. For you, and uh, you said the game is meant to be enjoyed with a, a, a beverage or a, a healthy snack in your right hand, and it is. It's just the kind of laid back, yeah. you know, tone to it. And this, you know, I was like, okay, it's time to go, you know, piss and and grab some drink. Mm-hmm. And by the time I came back, the I had been lit, lit into the waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Master Belch is kind of a bastard, though. I remember that fight being kind of difficult, uh, even with the fly honey. Um, I think
1: I just lucked out. Like, I think there's a chance he'll just eat, you know? And I think I just, you know, had a had really good luck.
0: I like his design, though. He's a literal tub of goo. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Um. Yeah, he makes huge, realistic burping sound effects. I know, that's amazing, In right? the battle. It's pretty great. Like, like uh, FM synth, like...
0: Like, di- like digitized speech, like Wayne's World on NES kind of, kind of yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> speech. Mm-hmm. So, so, and, and that, that continues throughout, like they, they, they pepper those things. There's really good use of stereo sound throughout the entire game too. Mm. Um, which, which, you know, I don't have that great of a speaker, but I imagine if you were playing it in headphones or something would really add to the, uh, what's the, what's the word the game journalists ever use? Immersion. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the
1: immersion. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's neat. And you get to say, you know, unfortunately say, say bye after you do the, uh, you know, get the, the third melody, um, you you leave you head back to head back to Threed, and um, are, are ready to go to to four side. The uh, yeah. the buses are running again, and uh, but oh, on your way to to four side, there is a traffic jam. Yep. Walking uh, this time.
0: <laughs> yes, Goddamn it! Let me get to the next city.
1: Yeah. There's some of the comments and stuff that we got. We're talking about how this is kind of a troll on on behalf of the developers and stuff. I don't know if that's true. I think <laughs> that we they've been throwing up arbitrary barriers this whole time. Yeah. Um. But it is it is kind of funny when it when it pops up, yeah. And uh, you know, the bus the bus stops and lets you off in the middle of a desert, Mm-hmm. which is not a, you know that's <laughs> oh. a responsible thing to do, ten year olds through three little kids just lost in the desert,
0: <laughs> you know, yep. suffering heat stroke and poison from scorpions.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poison in this game is really fucking obnoxious. God damn it! Because just... um, it, it's always hits hit. like you always get poisoned if they choose to do their poison attack. It does a pretty significant amount of damage. And this, your first level uh, healing spell doesn't remove it, just your second level. So you're using 8, you know, PP every time you want to, to cure it out of, you know, maybe at this point 70.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, 70. So you, you only have a very limited number of times you can get poisoned. And the item that cures poison is not cheap, and you have that limited inventory. Right. So pretty obnoxious. You're also at this point dealing with sunstroke. Um, your characters walk around, and they're sweating, and they'll get a condition called sunstroke, which isn't that big of a deal. But uh, it is something that you have to be dealing with here. Um, What's kind of interesting is that uh, Ness actually gets Sunstroke less than the other characters, and it's because he wears a hat. Really? Yep. Mechanically, Ness gets Sunstroke less often than the other two characters. That's
0: actually really, really cool. Isn't that awesome?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that that, that is great. Like, I I love that. I don't want to
0: count my steps in a JRPG. I don't want (laughs) to do that. No. So that, that that kind of discourages exploration, which is kind of a shame because this is a really big, wide open
1: area too. I saw I saw almost none of it. Like I, I just made a beeline. Yeah, me too. You know, followed followed for the, uh, for Forside because it just like it was the battles were too hard. I was getting poisoned. You know, Jeff and or Apollo were dead. Yeah. At this point, I'm just dragging their ghost, like if, trying to get somewhere to the hospital. This is also <sighs> where I fucking got that mushroom thing. Like at some somebody right before I got on the bus gave me the mushroom i didn't notice it or something uh-huh um and ended up getting on the bus going here and it's like i could walk all the way back to threed and and use the hospital there or try to push through to four side dealing with this mushroom ailment that was fucking annoying but i i pushed through
0: i feel so fortunate that i have a usb adapter for my snes controllers um, because I could, see, you know, since emulation is the default way to play this game now, I can mm-hmm. see somebody playing on a pl- playing on a keyboard, unable to rotate the controller, being the, just like that, making the game
1: untenable. Yeah, yeah, I use my my Xbox controller. Okay. Uh, so and which which was fine. I'm on Windows. I, Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I use the platform that the rest of the world uses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm supposed to be doing that voice for you. I know, right? <laughs> like, uh, you don't get to do that for me for having Windows. That's the voice people use—they're making fun of Max.
0: I was trying to get away with it. Um, yeah.
1: So,
0: <laughs> so there, there, there's not an awful lot to do in the desert, um, except for get through it, or yeah. abide it, or suffer it.
1: <laughs> right, it's pretty annoying. You, you run into a guy who's mining gold, who, uh, uh, you know, who's going to, to come back later. But that's that's it. Really, you can ask for a sandwich.
0: Why is the, why is the guy who's mining for gold asking me for food when there's a food cart right
1: there? And why does he say he'll give you all the gold if you <laughs> give him food? Like, what's going on in the economy in this game? People are throwing around huge huge sums of money, like your dad giving you you know tens of thousands of dollars for fucking fighting crows and 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 you know the uh, the runway five running up all these astronomical debts.
0: My kingdom for a skip sandwich. <laughs> At the four side, which uh, is kind of the big metropolis of uh, of Eagle Land, mm-hmm. um, and it also has one of the most disorienting perspectives in the game. I think. Yeah,
1: it's really strange. It's shaped like a big X. Yeah. It's like block shaped a, on a diagonal X.
0: Uh, and, and there's there, there's a there's a word for like the like or, orthogonal projection is what the rest of the game has been, which is kind of like this we like the word for the angle that you're viewing it at. It kind of looks isometric, but it's not. Whereas foresight is straight isometric, which is you're hmm. looking at it from the ninety degree.
1: Um, foresight kind of got on my nerves a little bit, as far as because uh, you know immediately when you get there, you want to you know you're in a new town, you want to check it out. Um, the hotel and the hospital are really far away from another one another, which is the thing I was kind of bitching about and bitching about on Facebook a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the mall is closed, yeah. which is annoying, so you can't power up. And it also means that for healing items and stuff, there's no pharmacy. You can't find any medicines. Um, you can just go to the bakery and get kind of the underpowered uh, food items right. that are there. They're not as good as the burgers or uh, some of the other food items you can get. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty pretty obnoxious.
0: I didn't have this particular problem that you had, although that might have, have that might have just been because I was abusing save states. Right. So,
1: and, and, and I would have abused save states except that I was uh, playing on my computer and laying in my bed or lounging on my bed. So I would have had to get up every time I wanted a save state. Yeah. Now I did it in uh, you know before tough fights.
0: So yeah, forside like it's 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 really kind of like lauded as like this really cool area. I don't see it that much. Um I even forget why, like you go to four side, it's kind of like this big, you know, arbitrary wall. And then you have to go back. And, oh no, you get there because, and you, and you see that the, uh, the Runaway five, they're in debt again. And yes. And so you have to go back to the gold mine to try and find some kind of money for them. Because right. instead of being $10,000 in debt, they are a million dollars in debt now.
1: Yes. And, and, and which, uh, and you go to the gold mine, which is the worst dungeon in the first half of the game.
0: So fucking bad.
1: Yeah. This is really annoying. Like, it's it's a big, long maze. It's not that maze-like, but it's maze-like enough that has five very tough bosses in it. Yeah. There are these mole characters.
0: You can't proceed until you beat all five of them, which would be fine if you had a way to keep track of how many you had beaten. But each of them says that they're the third most powerful, so you have yes. no way of keeping track of it.
1: In addition, <laughs> you have no way of kind of resupplying or healing up in there. Um, so if you die on one of the moles, which the moles can one hit one of your you know, loser party members very easily, right. um, then it's, and you can leave the, the gold mine, which is a pain in the ass, but you can leave the gold mine and get, uh, you know, in, but not a hospital. So right. if you want to, if somebody dies and you want to revive them, which like part of me was, you know, thought don't bother. But the other part of me was like, Oh, this is a lot of experience. Like I really want to try to get these guys up to snuff. Um, so several many, many trips back and forth between uh, the interior of this gold mine and the nearby town. Yeah, um, very, very tedious.
0: And like you're just like a hair's breadth away from having teleport, which makes things much much easier. but now you don't have
1: it yet. Um, and uh, the two there's four enemies that you fight in the gold mine, two of which are no problem, two of which are tough and uh, cause poison. Yeah, so you're constantly draining your your PP healing your characters from poison. In the, this dungeon.
0: The on, the only saving grace is the fact that like the main hub of this dungeon has exit mice, exit mises yeah. in it. Um, which will take you back to the beginning. Um, but the problem is you have to work your way back to that point
1: after right. you go and, and heal yourself. There's lots of, of, of random encounters in this. And and I just used a map. I had a map open in a in a concurrent window. Yeah, me too. Um because it was yeah, I have no patience for Mises. Nope. Like I just I'm not that interested in them in video games. Like not when not when there are random encounters involved, and not random encounters that I have a good chance of actually like taking significant drawbacks. Right. So this this is really annoying. Like this, you know, and for more, you know, of me being pissed off about this, I, I bitched about it on Facebook quite a bit. Um, but yeah, this was really really obnoxious. Luckily, like eventually you get through it. Um, you gain a lot of experience and a lot of stat ups from fighting the moles, so it's not like you're not rewarded, and uh, and you get all of that that gold. Yeah, well,
0: you you don't get all the gold. You just basically clear it so the miners can go in there. Oh and yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of getting right gold, right you get you get a single diamond, which apparently uh, to the club owner's mind is worth a million dollars, because yes. you can trade it for the runaway fives freedom.
1: Yes. The the chronology of this part gets a little bit confusing though, because I think you don't. This just clears it so they can mine it. They haven't gotten the diamond yet because you have to go to the department store. Um, no,
0: no, like as you as you're walking back to uh as you're walking back to four side, um like a like a backhoe comes up or a front end loader or whatever, uh drives up to you and says like, "Hey, hey, you know, we wanted to repay you. so you Take this diamond." Okay. Yeah.
1: So this is there's a lot of this kind of arbitrary like things you have to do. Like there's really no you're going to go to the mall because, you know, you want to power up. But there's no real reason to for you to in store story terms, is there?
0: There is not even any, any indication that the department store is open.
1: Yeah. It looks, it looks the same. Right. Um, it's just kind of a weird, weird point. Um, you go to the store and you can get a lot of neat items there. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you get to the, the top of the store, uh, the power goes out. Or is it when you, when you return, no, when you're leaving, Paul yeah, gets kidnapped.
0: Yeah. When you try and leave like this crazy tentacle monster, like just kind of like swoops by and the power goes out and everybody goes away and it starts getting really, really fucked up in a, in a crazy, interesting way.
1: You're missing her for a long time too. And yeah. you're fighting really tough bosses, like tough enemies that like you have your, your best, your side spell can hurt all the enemies, mm-hmm. but it, you, it's expensive and you need to save your you know spells for healing. So, you know, it would have been, been really nice to have her around to kind of hit these groups of, of musical instruments and records.
0: Yeah, which which can fuck your shit up.
1: God, yeah, and the coffees, the asbestos. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you know do 90 or 100 damage to each character in your party every turn. Um, this is really fucking tough. They'll ruin it's you. really hard to run in this game. Like, mm-hmm. I had very poor luck with running away. Yeah. From things. And it was a really weird, again, those imbalances, because you get to the boss, and the boss is not tough. No, no, he's like, not. Yeah, like any, you know, the bosses are not too bad in this. It's a little bit like, um, uh, reminds me of Binding of Isaac, where like the bosses, you know, once you're experienced at the game, the bosses are no problem. It's just really shitty rooms mm-hmm. that get you, you know, random encounters that are really tough. Um, yeah, getting a, it's a really short dungeon It's just four floors of this department store. Yeah. Uh, but very, very
0: difficult. I was only able to get through it because I looked, at a, I looked at a walkthrough which said to load up Jeff with, uh, with bottle rockets. So he would be, like, you know, useful at all. Mm-hmm. As, as somebody in combat, you right. know, because Jeff, like his, his main attack doesn't do any kind of like special damage. And because it doesn't, he, and because he doesn't have any psi abilities, he, you know, he doesn't have an awful lot of like, oh, okay, 10 extra damage per turn, whatever. But because he can use bottle rockets, he becomes, you know
1: useful yeah yeah
0: somebody who can actually do damage right. and so and so the, the that, that became something useful but if I hadn't, not, if I hadn't answer. known to, if I hadn't known to buy bottle rockets before the lights went out I would have been I would have been boned
1: right because the lights have gone out and not only created this really hard dungeon but deprived you of a shop right so like if you need to rebuy healing items you can you know make do with the shitty bread in the bakery or walk all the way back to the front beginning of the desert and uh, and and buy things from the the store next to the sign that says drugs. Um, yeah. they, they're just the surreal drug sign. But
0: uh, you know, by hook or by crooked or or by foresight to buy enough big bottle rockets, you defeat the uh, the alien that has taken over uh, the top of the, uh, the, the 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 department store, and you find out that this magnate who runs the entirety of foresight, Mr. Monotoli, um has kidnapped uh, Paula. And uh the secret to taking down his entire empire is uh, behind the counter at the cafe um,
1: you, you go behind this counter and uh, you have to talk to everyone and then you go outside and um, Everdred has been beat up and uh, he tells you that uh, you know the way you know the, you can get this you know check out this button when you do you get teleported to Moonside <laughs> um, which Moonside, I'm going to I'm gonna go uh, maybe make a hyperbole statement. Uh, Moonside is the most visually striking area in a 16-bit game.
0: Yeah. It looks like a vector game. It looks like the arcade Star Wars. And it's, everything <laughs> is
1: neon. Like, it's all black, like, uh, colored outlines on black backgrounds. It looks amazing. <laughs> like, I love Moonside. I want black light posters of it all over my walls. <laughs> I want, like, a, a Moonside T-shirt. I want to live in Moonside. Like if there's holodeck technology in the future, I'm just going to recreate Moonside. Like Mm -hmm. it looks so cool. It's so
0: great. I'm sure that there's like some kind of like big, like, you know, 2000 pixel by 2000 pixel map of Moonside that's available, uh, which will will go into one of these posts. Um, But (laughs) Moonside is an area where everybody's just a little bit off. You're attacked by absurdist paintings, um, animated gas pumps and fire hydrants and no means yes. And yes means no.
1: Yeah, I I love Moonside. Moonside did a lot to redeem the bad will this game was building up in the last two dungeons. Yeah. Like, I was just, I mean, I don't think I would have because I was curious what was going to happen next. But I bet people quit at those last two dungeons, like, Mm -hmm. all the time. Because, you know, up until this point, it's like, the game is neat, but it it hasn't, you know, this is like one of the the big thrusts of it, showing off what's unique about it. And they just, they put it. Right, and you know, at the back end of this, just shit sandwich. Yeah, you know that you have to chomp down.
0: And it's like the the, the real Earthbound starts here. Yeah, yeah it really does. Yeah,
1: you not know? just you know visually and tonally, you know where it kind of shows some next level shit, but they also this is what reveals this this kind of plot to you. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, you're finding everything out here. So in order to get into the the uh, Monotoli building in Moonside. Um you kind of teleport around by talking to guys with mohawks and Hawaiian shirts <laughs> to different areas of Moonside. Eventually though you run to a sailor who will only let you buy if you have a mohawk and you're wearing gold chains. Um eventually you get no, into Oh no no
0: no. It's it, it's 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 if you have somebody who has a gold tooth and a monobrow.
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Gold tooth and monobrow. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes 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 um and
0: you you have to teleport enough to go into this like strange pocket dimension that has an invisible person who like follows you around says hey i'm gonna tag along and as he talks about it he says like hey hey check out my gold tooth hey hey check out my eyebrows Um, that are connected
1: forgive me for being confused because that's also when you run into mr t yes Yes. (laughs) Um, and that that is what i was thinking
0: the mr the the, the mr t NPC.
1: Yes, (laughs) It's, it's crazy so weird. The, uh, the invisible guy is awesome too. Cause he takes up negative space. Like he's just a black outline Uh-huh. Um, and just stands in the way of things. That's how you see him. He looks really, really cool. And when, and when you find the sailor,
0: who's blocking your path to the Mani Mani statue, um, he's just like, Hey, let's go leave these kids behind and go get a drink. Come on.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you look like a cool dude. Um, and,
0: and everybody talks like uh, Lisa Simpson in the Twin Peaks parody <laughs> during the Usha during the Mr. Burns thing <laughs> after Chief Wiggum drinks the hot cream. <laughs> <laughs> Burns his suit! Burns his suit!
1: Yeah, I hope I can sure. find
0: a YouTube of that.
1: Um, <laughs> Eventually you fight this uh, Manny Manny statue and uh, this is a, like a device that creates illusions. So yep. the idea being that, you know, that is what you're you're surrounded by. Um, that is is brought by Gigas that he he dumped onto Manatoli. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, no. Like uh, b- before, like uh, Mister uh, Mister Car Painter. He like mm-hmm. his his insanity was caused by uh, was caused by a Manny Manny statue that he had mm-hmm. uh, that he had uh, dug up or encountered. Um, so, the, like, these are the source of like, like evil. So, like, the the, the first crazy guy who lives on the mountain, like, uh, when you go underneath his cabin, which is an incredibly yes. ill-advised um, move for a ten-year-old child. You know, the, <laughs> the strange. Well, hey, hey, strange mountain hermit, I am a ten-year-old boy with a pretty right. mouth. Let me go beneath your cabin. <laughs> Um,
1: Put me underneath
0: things. <laughs> yes, um. Um, he he shows he shows you his Manny Manny statue. Um, yeah, he does. But but I like the idea of this Manny like like the the entire like throughout the entirety of Moonside, you've been wondering about this warehouse where the Manny Manny statue was being like stowed away. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It's just, crazy, you know, crazy it's, it's, it's like funny. it's like
0: it's like Homer Simpson after he eats the Guatemalan insane peppers. Yeah, totally. And he's <laughs> yeah. like wandering around the mini golf course.
1: I kind of hope that doesn't turn out to be true. That isn't an illusion. I wonder if that will, if that's what they'll, they'll do.
0: Oh, like if it's going to be like, Oh, the dimension that Moonside is in, like you were actually transported there.
1: Yeah. Like it's actually a real thing. Yeah. Like I'm just, you know, maybe it will, maybe it won't. I just want more things with that kind of imagination. To if, happen if
0: you, if you clap enough, Tinkerbell will live and Moonside will be real.
1: I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Eventually, you know, you get out of there and, and it kind of redeems uh, Mr. Manatoli. Um, you, you break the spell and, uh, you know, he just you know he's like, oh, okay, uh, you know, that's fine. The, the, again, the chronology keeps fucking me up. I know you have to go get the the trout flavored yogurt machine. <laughs> yeah, at, you, orange kid. Yeah, you,
0: you you get out, you find out that Mister Manitilli has been a, has been a pawn of the Mani Mani machine or the Mani Mani statue, and uh, and therefore of Gigas, but uh, Pokey is more in his pocket. Um, and you're approached by some, by like one of, one of, uh, like Pokey's maids or no, you're given a call by like, there, there are two things that happen. You're given a call by orange kid who says, I've got this gourmet yogurt machine that can make yogurt from any, like with any flavor. And you're also approached by Pokey's robotic maid who says, Oh gosh, he loves trout flavored yogurt. Um, and, and you're approached by a
1: monkey that you saw in the desert. Yes, who tells you that uh, the the monkey, um, you know, guru is ready to see you now.
0: Yes, and the tr- the, the the gourmet yogurt machine is shipped to you via Escargo Express's neglected class. I love neglected class. <laughs> the guy shows up and says, like, "Hey, yeah, I dropped it in the desert. Nah, maybe you should go get it. It's kind of your problem." And then he goes yeah, away.
1: Exactly. I like neglected class a whole lot.
0: So long story short, in order to get the next Plot McGuffin, you have to go to the Monkey Caves.
1: Which is this kind of like fetch quest kind of thing. Um, If you don't know to bring in... uh, So you want to bring in, like I think, a hamburger and a picnic lunch. Yes. Or a skip sandwich and a picnic lunch.
0: Hamburger and picnic lunch. Yes. Yeah, If
1: you don't know that, that's going to be really annoying to you. You're going to have to go back out. But this is um, kind of like a... It's probably like a meta-commentary kind of thing on something or other you know it's fetched quest in games I didn't like this very much though like it was fine but it's like a lot of sets of doors where monkeys want one specific food item that leads to a hallway where there's another food item that another monkey wants and you kind of spend a lot of time backtracking going back and forth um, luckily, there are no fights in here.
0: Counterpoint: I was really, really excited to have a challenge that was not bound directly to combat.
1: Yes, yeah. Like I said, I'm glad that there wasn't. Well, I wouldn't. I'm not going to call it very much of a challenge, though. Like it's not. I guess. Not yeah, it.
0: it's a challenge. Like, I mean,
1: I'm glad that it wasn't a dungeon. Like I agree with you there. Yeah. You know, it definitely could be. Could have been worse. But, but uh, let's take a motions. moment here:
0: a a, a a fetchy adventure game that is based around monkeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, so. I think that
1: is the, that is the case. <laughs> the uh uh you know, and some of the dialogue is kind of funny. Yeah. You know, the the character you know characters say and stuff like that. You know, it it's kinda of fun.
0: Eventually one of the monkeys should, like later on in the day, says, Let's get to the point. Give me a hamburger.
1: Yeah, he, he gets a little <laughs> sick of the <this> shit too.
0: <laughs> Which um, i I like I so want to say to a waitress now. <laughs> Let's get to the point. Like it's going to, going to guarantee that I'm gonna get a snot burger, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but you, you find this like Buddhist levitating guru who teaches you the teleport spell, um, and you recover the neglected class, uh, yogurt machine, mm-hmm.
1: um, at the teleport end of Teleport is really weird because it's not teleport. It's just run really fast.
0: Run real fast and like pray to God that you can like control quickly enough because if you run into any scenery, at least with teleport alpha, uh, you're going to turn into this like fried, like wily coyote yes. creature and waste, a, and waste two PP. Line. Yeah. yeah. That this is fixed a little bit later, like when you get Pooh and he has Teleport Alpha, which costs a little mm-hmm. bit more PP, but you run in circles, which teleports you. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's just because um, I played more than you have. You know, yes, I. I, I yeah, s- may, maybe I just care a little bit more. But okay.
1: I stopped at the the part that we agreed to stop at. <laughs> maybe maybe I just keep my word.
0: <laughs> okay. Is what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: so so after you get your 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 yogurt machine, uh, which you find out uh, will create Pokey's favorite treat, you can actually ascend uh, into the forbidden levels of the monotoly building.
1: Yeah, so you fight one of the weirdest boss fights in the game at this point, which is the clumsy robot, uh, <laughs> who's this like cute, adorable little robot. Most of the attacks do nothing; like where he just makes himself sandwiches and nuts and bolts fall out. And then every once in a while, he like spins and fires a missile at you that you know <laughs> will fuck can, your can shit one up, one shot, Jeff, and, <laughs> and possibly kill you. Yeah. Um. This is the first time where I had enough HP to make use of another really cool mechanic in this game, which is the rolling HP meter. Yes. Um. When you get hit, rather than losing all of the hit points you lose at once, it trickles down slowly. Well, not slowly, but re- relatively quickly. It's like,
0: like an, quickly. an odometer. Is yeah. is what I would call it. Yeah.
1: And it trickles down. So if you can heal yourself or win the battle before it hits zero, you don't die, and that's awesome. That's a really cool mechanic.
0: It, I mean, it's crazy because I mean, it very much is a game in the Dragon Quest vein, where or or like Final Fantasy One, like anything aside from games that were after Final Fantasy Four. You know, you you choose all your attacks, and then everything takes place according to everybody's agility stat. Mm-hmm. But this encourages you to like select your stuff quickly. If somebody's yes. counting down you know, their HP, you want to make sure that you don't like waste time selecting spells. That actually like put me into a panic in a lot of cases, like, holy shit, like oh no, I picked the wrong thing, backing out. You know. Mm -hmm. Which which, you know, it's neat.
1: Yeah, I, I really like this. It was a and I can tell that, you know, later on, so since things fall at the same speed, regardless, um, kinda later on it's going to this is always going to be useful. Now that I have enough HP, even if I'm taking, you know, thousands of damage, it's still going to take the same amount of time to go from full HP to zero. So I'm always going to have time to do that heal. Now. So I think this is probably going to be a, a mechanic I use a lot later.
0: Kind of reminds me of Fallout New Vegas, in that like most, like most of your healing effects take place over time as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I, I think of that just now. But uh, when you defeat the clumsy robot, it's a lie, actually. When he eats, when, when he eats his bologna sandwich, uh, it doesn't actually recover all of his HP. According to mm-hmm. a fact, which I love that this game is willing to lie its ass off to you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's just trying to discourage you exactly. Um, because the way it ends is just the Runaway Five show up and turn him off. <laughs> so just, of the they just flip a switch at the back. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, I found the switch at the back." <laughs>
0: um,
1: luckily, they're they're very in, feeling very indebted to you, given that you've given them one million ten thousand dollars. <laughs> um, just a random kid. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, for the equivalent of two and a half rides, you know, so which like the bus fare in this game uh, scales very realistically, like the buses in this game cost the actual amount the buses cost. Yeah,
0: two bucks per person. It's
1: like two bucks. So the, uh, uh, you know, it's a good thing that, you know, that you're getting your value out of the runway five. (laughs) I,
0: I like that. So Mr. Monotoli at this point, he's he's penitent, but Pokey is still just a fucking dipshit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Monotoli says, Hey, you can take my, uh, you can take my, my, my helicopter to Summers. Um, I remember hearing from the Mani Mani statue that Gigas does not want you to go to Summers. Um, so you should probably go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pokey takes the helicopter away and I, for, I forget, did, did, did the runaway five, did they take you to, uh, to winters?
1: No, they, they take you back to three where you repair the Skyrunner.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Okay.
1: All of a sudden, you know what's wrong with the Skyrunner, which is a little deus ex machina. And when you get off the bus, um, one of the guys from Norway 5 says, um, Boy, it seems like you uh, forgot some kind of important gadget here. I don't <laughs> know why I'm saying that. It's just a hunch. Um, so, you know, the game is definitely glossing over its, uh, it's it's <laughs> you know, its seams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that takes you to Summers, which also takes you to, uh, well, you, you go back to... Um, you go to Stonehenge and fight a, uh, you'll know, get the the fourth song yeah. that you passed as Jeff, but there's really <laughs> nothing to that or anything. You just go and do no, it. I I love how unremarkable the actual plot points are in this game, yeah. <laughs> like the like the stuff that you
0: do to get to these, you know, McGuffins that you have to get, you know, the the Chaos Emeralds, the uh, the crystals, you, you know, mm-hmm. any of these things. Like like they like those actual things, not important, but. <laughs> moonside yes. but you know happy happy village that's the stuff that people remember it's yeah. uh, i don't know if that was conscious or not but
1: yeah it's all the details as opposed to you know yeah that's a, that's a good point yeah um yeah that brings you to summers after you do that there's really nothing to say about going back to stonehenge and getting that that last song yeah um so i i you know save stated landing on the beach at summers and haven't done anything there
0: i've gotten a little bit further um but we'll save that for next time So, yeah, I mean, do we have, like, it's? It, it almost seems appropriate to save our general thoughts for next time, but, like, what do what do we want to say about this that we haven't said so far?
1: Um, I'm interested in, in what uh, what's going to happen. I'm worried that I don't like that it's going to get tougher, and I'm worried that I'm going to run into more kind of frustration blocks with it. Um, I tried my best to kind of spread out my, my playtime for this rather than just poop-socking it. Yeah. Um, and I need to be doubly careful about that in the next two weeks, given that, uh, you know, if I'm going to be running into these, you know, dungeons that are like the gold mine, Oof. again, I just, I don't want to build up a lot of good, you know, bad will. And I really want to finish the game. Um, based so far, something that, you know, and this is something I'll Final Determination I'll make in next episode, but it's like, I really like this game. I just, I'm having a hard time seeing it being the kind of thing I'm going to want to replay over and over. You know, like, I think I'm going to come out of this really glad I had the experience. And really enjoying it and kind of enriched by it, but not mm-hmm. uh, not with this as like a you know a game I I play through with like the frequency I even have played through like Final Fantasy four or six. And that might just have to do with the, the fact that I'm coming to it as an adult. Yeah. You know, um, if if I had seen this when I was age appropriate, which you know I just never heard of it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't hear about this until I was an adult. Uh, I would have flipped my shit for it. <laughs> like this would have been an all time favorite for me. Yeah. As is now, it's like I really, really like it. I appreciate all these cool things, and I'm along for the ride. Uh, but I don't know if I'm, I'm quite an instant classic with it.
0: Yeah, I came to it like in in the second wave of its popularity. You know, like the emulation wave. Uh, you know, since since I hit my my teenage years in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, so you know that was that was when I made my many abortive tries that you know ended at the arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, my, 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 most intimate experience with this up to this point was I have a friend who actually owns the full kit and I managed to do the scratch and sniff with the poo with the poo smelling, right. uh, sticker, you know, like one of those things, you know, I, I too would have been all about it when I, you know, if I, if I had played it at an, at an earlier time, I'm just, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to play, you know, to, to, to have a, to have a reason to play through it, I guess. Yeah, me, me too. I don't know if
1: I would have taken it upon myself just to fill this. You know, I have a huge backlog. Yeah, I just of like I should play.
0: There's so many other games that I could be playing. You know, right. <laughs> you, you know, which isn't which isn't a bash against this, but just you know, there's there's very little motivation to go back to a JRPG from you know 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, but so so far so good. Um, I'm excited for the second half. I really want to know what they do with the plot. I want more of this this moonside you know, inspired uh, surrealness. I want more weirdness.
0: That's the, that's what I want. And like, I can't, I can't see how they could keep it mundane because every, every single area has been more crazy than the other.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. When you talk about how, you know, the, the points that you remember are the the kind of getting there rather than the plot points. Like those are the strange things. Like the, the, the things you're putting together to open up the next door tend to be these weird things tend to be the blue, blue cult and moonside and the Saturn village you're on the way just to making it to the next city. So the, the cities themselves and that stuff are not really what, what does it. You know, it's these, these, the things you're doing to get to the cities. And I'm hoping there's a lot more of that. Um, it's, you know, I've heard ominous whispers about the sewer level coming up. That I said, it always you know, the sewer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty scared of that. Um, I just, you know, and the, th- the thing of those you know, that gold mine, like that dungeon could have been in any game. You know, you have to go through an underground tunnel system. Like, don't do that, Earthbound. Like, you're you're too good for that. Yeah, I feel like I'm Batman or I'm the Joker talking to Batman and the you know Dark Knight. Like, you know, you're not like them. You know, you think you are, but you're not. So don't don't do that. You know, and that's why you know I know I'm gonna want to say that after this fucking sewer level. You know, you're not like that. God damn. It. So we'll see. I and mean, we can we can reserve a lot of our general comments for next time. I'm definitely still invested. I I hope that it doesn't become. You know, intolerable i hope that the, the the value scales with the frustration
0: me too I, I i can't i can't add any more than that i don't i you know i, I don't relish the idea especially coming off of black july like i don't yes. relish the idea of needing to you know bite down on a wooden spoon in order to get through this game
1: but... yeah no no way like we we do not need that no we don't just well, you know, yeah like Next, we have, uh, like, the next game we're doing is Toomba, which I haven't played before, and you assure me is good, but I had this weird thought during that gold mine where I was like, okay, if this is just what Earthbound is now, and it's just a continuation in my, into Black August. Like, I just have Cole's word that Toomba's good. Like, am I being <laughs> Like, what, what is happening? To me? <laughs> you know, because that would have been too much. But this is not, obviously, this is a great game. Yeah. This is not a bad game.
0: There's, there's, there's plenty of redeeming qualities.
1: So, as, as such, being a, a great game with redeeming qualities, uh, we have a lot of uh, responses. That we're going to read uh, some that focus on kind of generalities and the first half of the game. I'm sure we'll get into stuff that ties into the theme and the spoiler stuff in the second one. I'll go ahead and start off with uh, Gloom Mouse here since my throat is kind of dry. And Sizone has written a long, uh, which I love. I love how he does these long, thoughtful things, but they are long. Yeah,
0: they're they're so, they're long. Um, do we do we have any like uh, curriculum vitae on uh, Gloom Mouse? Like, do we do we know anything about about, about the, uh, him or her?
1: I'm not sure about this, but I've heard that he gnaws like a cat. His enemy is hell. One, yeah. Two. Niaz like a cat, anime as hell. Niaz
0: like a cat, anime as hell. Niaz
1: like a cat, anime as hell. Niaz like a
0: cat, anime as hell. cat, Yeah, I've heard that too. I think I've
1: picked it up on some podcasts. So in addition to being anime as hell, Gloomouse Niaz, I hope WAF makes it a point to talk about the music and sound effects in EarthBound. There's only one track I don't like, Dungeon Man Can't Music Worth Shit. It's almost like he's trying to start a Dungeon Man Can't Music Worth Shit in his anime as hell. <laughs> um, and, and given that the game makes a point talking about it, it's supposed to be bad and weird. Actually, I want to hear more talk about sound stuff in general in games. Uh, it's something that really brings you into a game when done well and it can absolutely ruin parts of a game or ruin parts of an otherwise great game. So your wishes are under uh, command. <laughs> the most we did talk about the sound and music. I don't remember the dungeon man music uh, specifically. Uh, camp music worth shit. Um, it, it kind it kind of
0: sounds like uh, was that? It sounds like a, the big oh, cho- yeah. the, the big chocobo music from yeah. uh from from Final Fantasy IV, which is our apparently our perennial reference
1: point. It, <laughs> it is like the quintessential JRPG. Like it's kind of the, <laughs> you know the JRPG for me. Yeah. in a lot of ways. <laughs> Um, they should have, like, it would have been a nice touch for that. It would have been to do, like, uh, very self-consciously, uh, Squaresoft RPG music for that dungeon. So there's supposed to be somebody designing, like, an RPG dungeon. Yeah. If they had done, like, a a fakey, you know, over-bloated Nobuo Atsumato, like. Yeah, something that, like, had, like,
0: like references from, like, prog rock and, like, Celtic music, you know? Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would have been pretty great. Um, But, yeah, we we also like the sound a lot yeah
0: uh, as well. i mean for like and for being for being people that who are as sound focused as we are i mean look at the medium that we choose to express ourselves in mm-hmm. um you know like we don't talk about it enough but i think that in a, in a case where the technology is as limited as it is with this game it's it's worth noting that it is really really good
1: yeah I mean, we, we talk about it when it's uh when it's when it's noteworthy yeah. you know i think the third option when you're talking about how it can really bring you into the game or it can ruin parts of a great game i think most of the time it just kind of sets there like wet cardboard you know like a lot of games you know ignore this whole sense and this whole dimension that you can you can spend time with um you know obviously there's sound and sound design in it and music but it doesn't seem like there's very much done you know special or unique with it Mm-hmm. With you know, with with several exceptions that I can think of, but you know, we I think that we try to know. I always notice it when it's done well. Yeah, or done really shitty. But a lot of times <laughs> it's just done. It's done just, medium.
0: It just, you know, bat, bat background noise. Yeah, it's you just Klonoa. Turn the elevator music on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Up next, also from the Something Awful forums, we have Cezone, um who says, did somebody say overly lengthy? Waff Earthbound com- comments? Uh, we didn't actually say, like, overly lengthy. Um, I actually did have to cut down um, a lot of yours. Not that it wasn't, like, amazing. I really appreciate the effort that you put into this, and I know that Gary does as well. Um, but we want to uh, keep it punchy. Yeah. for
1: length. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, so the first half of the SNES Earthbound game cycles me back Uh, to my sort of vague dislike of emulation. Playing it, much like Fez did a few months ago, makes me wish it were still 1994. I wish I had a big-ass guide, the scratch-and-sniff stickers, a slightly blurry blurry CRT TV... uh...
1: CRT TV.
0: Yeah, that's really difficult, isn't it? A slightly blurry CRT TV and an SNES controller, and no tile-scroll hiccups. Basically, it really made me long for the sort of authentic experience. No matter how well or poorly founded in actual objective reasons, playing stuff on original hardware is just qualitatively better. I'm going to interject, as I often do. Go on to Amazon and look for um, um, SNES adapters. for uh, they, they, they go from your... SNES controller to USB. That's how I play these games. Um, mm-hmm. They're really, really good. I'll put one in the show notes. Uh, probably the same one that I bought. Um, but they're but they're fantastic. They have them for uh, NES and also Sega Genesis as well. And if you have the original controllers, um, it makes it really easy for you. Uh, the second half of the game totally reminds me of how great emulation and save states are. He does a 180 here. It's still a good game, but all the gentleness of the first half is gone. The dungeons get longer. The enemies get tougher, and towns get further and further apart. A lot of the time, rather than get halfway through a dungeon, fuck up a battle, slog my way back through town all the way with my tail between my legs, rest up, then slog back through the dungeon again, I would rather just restore a safe state and ace the damn battle with a different dice roll. Amen, brother. Mm -hmm. Here's where playing through Earthbound kind of nags at my soul. I never played it as a kid. Neither did either of us. But I did play through enough Fantasy Star 2 to realize, as I was playing it, that something was kind of missing. The strategy guide para- uh, paraphernalia, the blurry-ass TV screen, and also the need to set aside a chunk of schedule, time to play it. Knowing that you're going to have to clear a section of the game and then return to town uh, before being able to save is kind of like how in the days before TiVo and the Internet you could get excited and look forward to your favorite show's airtime. Uh, If lives are an artifact of arcade design, uh, then not being able to save whenever uh, is an artifact of broadcast television. Beyond the graphics, music, and gameplay... I think this is really why Earthbound evoked the same desire to be back in the earlier time that Fez did and evoked it so strongly.
1: That's an interesting idea. Like, I, I don't know if I would go as far as to say not being able to save anywhere is a direct result of that. But it's definitely reminiscent of that. Mm-hmm. You know, having to set aside chunks of time. I mean your in Fantasy Star 2, which I don't think you spent very much time with, but that's definitely uh, one of my formative RPGs. Never played a minute yeah, of that- it. Which is which is it,
0: which is strange because you weren't a Genesis kid and I was.
1: Yeah, I just yeah, it is, I, my cousin had a had a, a Genesis, so I spent a lot of time with that. Um, I have a lot of affection for Fantasy Star Two. I kind of want to do Fantasy Star Four someday for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never do Fantasy Star Two for it though, because no. it is it is unforgiving. Like it is really really tough maze dungeons with random teleporting. Files. Fucking shit which is all you really need to know um, <laughs> but that idea that like the the game lends itself to an episodic play based on when you can save is really interesting I don't think that's the intent I think the intent is is this kind of challenge based you know I think people think that when you can save anywhere it kind of becomes like the Vita chambers in Bioshock and makes the challenge meaningless but uh, it does lend itself to like an episodic play which is really interesting yeah. is a, a good point so very good um this uh, comment is from Chronox2, and is also from, all of these comments are from the Something Awful message board. Um, he says, I hate Threed. Okay, that's a bit harsh. It's more like I hate how Threed keeps me from getting to Forside, and how it feels like you spend an eternity in Threed and its outskirts. As a child, I remember seeing screenshots of Forside's isometric map, and I couldn't wait to get there because it looks so cool. Onet and Tucson fly by in the blink of an eye leading you into 3, where it feels like you stepped in some zombie paper because you just can't leave. <laughs> Once Jeff joins, you meet Mr. Saturn and defeat, notice that no enemy is actually called out as killed, Master Belch. You get back to 3 and think, good god, I'm still here? <laughs> you finally get to leave and go to 4 side, except there's a massive tra- massive traffic jam. Looking back, it's almost uh, it's almost a masterful troll by Itoya and Ape, and how they keep building up the big city in your mind, and just delaying the gratification of getting there further and further.
0: Um, I think before we respond to any of this, I should read Zombie's Downfall, uh, who responded directly to this, who says, "Ah, I don't know about all that. Saturn Valley is a bizarre and genuinely entertaining diversion, and Jeff's intro is kind of unique, Well, Anna and Tucson hardly, quote, fly by, and are instead the grindiest, most boring parts of the entire game. Tucson has the market uh, and then the happy, happy guys, uh, at the end of the valley, but just lends support to the theory that the game puts its absolute worst foot forward. Ding, 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 ding. I lost my bell. Sorry. Um, and, and then gets progressively better uh, with each town, at least for a little while. Ominous chord inserted. Yeah, here. both
1: of those posts had <laughs> ominous things in them. Um, between it getting, uh, you know, getting tougher, and then that. The town stop getting better. Gosh, um,
0: I love how all these people are having discussions with each other, and not just us. We're like yeah. secondary to
1: this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, that's, that's part of the point. Like I like to start. Up, we want to start up this conversation about about these games. Yeah. The um, what I think the one thing that Chronix 2's comment reminds me of is it's like Narsh. Like uh, he's referring to three. It's just like I wonder what's happening in Narsh. Let's head <laughs> back to <at> Narsh. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't care what's happening in Narsh. Quit going back to three. <laughs> Um, I don't remember feeling like, I, I think I, I not, don't necessarily agree. I don't mind remember mining three and I actually thought four was, was worse in yeah, the I, attendant dungeons other than Moonside. I don't
0: even remember four being built up.
1: They, well, they, show showed it a couple of times. One of the things we didn't talk about, um, that I really like is that the, uh, the, the few times you're in the Skyrunner and you're crossing over the world, they show treasure tests on the ground. So they're clearly playable areas. You'll be in later. Right. And I really like it when video games do that. It's—it's it's hard. I'm having a hard time thinking of an example right now, but that happens a lot in games, where they just foreshadow an area through a plot, you know, through a cutscene. But you mm-hmm. see a treasure chest, so you know that somewhere you're going to end up somewhere sometime. Right. Um, so they show it there a couple times. But foresight was really underwhelming to me, in general. I just—I was not into it.
0: Kind of, kind of a dud
1: yeah i was too moonside. busy I, 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 I mean, maybe he's thinking of moonside he's associating the two that's possible
0: like during those entire sky you know skywriter things i was I, I was just kind of like zoning out and doing the drum parts to you know we'll get fooled again
1: <laughs> air, air keyboard
0: I, I love how much goodwill we generated throughout this entire you know first part of it but uh but these last two responses are like how much it tracked
1: yeah yeah i i hope that it, i really hope that you know we just have a different experience with this each dungeon not getting you know each town not getting better yeah. and stuff and it just i really really hope that, that this game you know continues to, to improve
0: so do we want to walk into the r-rated um or x-rated deliber- deliberation movie and get inspiration for a future creation that we're going to make that is going to inspire a cult following for millions
1: yes okay <laughs> yes i do Um, so everybody say Fuzzy Pickle. We have decided on a winner. Dr. Demento is going to fly down from the sky and take our picture. Um, and take the picture of the winner, uh, which is Chronix 2. Um, so so uh, you can look at this picture anytime, treasure that memory. Um, and also treasure um, the the game that you will receive for this. Um, obviously, we can't give you the second half of Earthbound. Um, but we could do Toomba, if you're yeah. interested in Toomba. Hey. Or something else if you're interested in that.
0: Let us know. Hey, after after Tomba, we're doing uh, we're doing uh, Gabriel Knight, which is easily giftable. Or mm-hmm. um, if you want to play a game that we played previously, hey, we'll give that to you too. No yeah, problem, that's really.
1: true. Right. Um, yeah, the uh, everybody else's comments were all also great. We just really liked Chronix because I think he he touched on you know for a game that is loved as much as it is, um, he's touching on some of the cracks in the armor that we're seeing um, as well, which is kind of the pacing issues.
0: Thank you, Chronics. Um, uh, as as we kind of like move forward with the new web with the new website, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later, we're going to try and like make it more functional for you to petition us for these uh, for these things. So, uh, yeah, get in touch with us, or we will get in touch with you.
1: So you two, you get the, those games. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're doing next. Um, after Earthbound, um, we are doing our anniversary episode. We've got our topics that we're bringing to the table kind of nailed down that and we will probably announce some of the games we want to talk about that are part of that probably on Facebook and on the Something Awful boards um, between now and then <laughs> um, so there is kind of a play along element and we're still you know, soliciting comments um, questions, recordings anything like that that you want to add uh, to the episode we'd love to put them in
0: yeah, if you want to call the uh, voicemail and suck our dicks about how awesome this podcast <laughs> is, uh, we would be happy to pepper those throughout the uh, throughout the show. Um, so if you've been avoiding calling the uh, the voicemail number, um, that would be the time to do it.
1: Yes, and if you've been avoiding sucking our dicks, then yeah, the, uh, <laughs> you can call the voicemail mo- number and not suck our dicks. Yeah,
0: that They're that number is uh, it's 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 four one nine eight three four W O F F. You can you can bust our balls too. Suck our dicks or bust our balls, I don't care.
1: Yeah, as long as you're doing something to our genital region. Exactly. That's what Cole's trying to get at. He's <laughs> into CBT. And uh, it's the two get to go hand in hand when co- it comes co- to with uh, Ross co- boys. Cognitive <laughs> behavioral
0: therapy? No, cock and ball torture. There we are. Um, um, so, yeah, that's our anniversary show. Uh, we could have played another Mega Man game, but instead we made it a grab bag extravaganza. Because um, once
1: you played Mega Man, you pretty much played Mega Man. Yes, yeah. have. There, I said it. Um, <laughs> after that, we were playing uh, Toomba. Tomba. Tomba. Tomba! Tomba! Which is on the PlayStation Network, $9.99. Fantastic platformer featuring a caveman. I have not played it that. Cole has. Looking forward to that.
0: We hope it's your favorite thing.
1: I'm, um, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: And then after that, we're going to be playing Gabriel Knight, which is available on GOG.com uh, for $6, I believe. I've already bought my copy of it.
1: Yep, it is a, a fantastic point-and-click adventure game. Sierra, um, Roberta Williams. Um, just, you know, classic. Very, very good. Great voice acting. Uh, really great story, and uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. Really looking really forward to that. Um, after that, we're ready to announce our, our next game. So yes. we're, uh, and that is Metal Gear Solid.
0: This might seem like kind of a cop out, like, oh gosh, Metal Gear Solid. It's such a, you know, it's such a, you know, like obvious choice for playing a, you know, like, oh boy, you're just trying to get listeners or whatever. But this game is actually like really foundational. Um, right,
1: and the idea was being so we we thought of that when we were doing psyops. And how many obvious, you know, touch points there are in psyops for it, and we're thinking of genres we haven't done uh, before, and uh, and not, there's not that much, you know, as far as uh, the kind of thing that we do, the kind of, you know, in-depth kind of talk that we do about Metal Gear Solid that I've heard. There's a lot of talk about the series. There's a lot of talk about the later uh, entries in the series where things just get totally batshit insane. Yeah. But we just kind of want to talk about, you know, if we're going to do a game where stealth is the primary mechanic. Um, we're going to do uh, the best one.
0: And Metal Gear Solid is a singular expression; it doesn't depend on any other game in the entire series, except for maybe like Metal Gear Two, but nobody in America played that, so it doesn't really matter. Um, right. And uh, it just—it's—it's uh, it's the most approachable
1: game in the in the stealth genre, we think. So. And um, we're looking forward to, uh, to to revisiting it. It's been yeah. a while since I played it, and uh, and Cole does a good Solid Snake impersonation. <laughs> Metal Gear. Sure. Um, yeah. It's on accident all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so that's yeah. that, that. Takes us to the end of October, and uh, after you know, that,
1: you bleep it out. What are we doing after that, though? Just you can re- just remind me. Oh, after 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 doing, uh, we need yeah, to keep, we, we need
0: to keep this in, but we have to. But we have to keep. You know, we have to bleep it. We're doing. We're doing.
1: Oh, f- that's what that is. Yeah. Right? That's, so, that's say it. Say, really say, ex- yes. say, say the name of it. Oh.
0: Uh, f- well, yeah, we're we're, we're doing we're doing f- in two parts. And oh. I am
1: yeah, so two parts, and it is. I am so fucking excited for it.
0: Yeah, no, you I am you, so excited. you you have you have a huge hard <laughs> on.
1: Yes, <laughs> I, I I do, and and you, you can even say it like a, a huge erect <laughs> dick, and we yeah. bleep out <laughs> and not erect dick, right? And that's it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. so so
0: um, like that that says like how like how secret we want to keep the fact that we're doing for this. Yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> I'm I'm really fucking. F- exactly. I can't wait
0: to. F- her f- oh and gosh.
1: F- her f-
0: and it's <laughs> gonna be like it's gonna be a whole it's gonna be a whole it's gonna be a whole month of. F- so I'm so excited about. Just that. like third third thirty days. You know what? Monday, f- Tuesday, twenty-four-seven.
1: F- <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, Monday f-
0: days. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, good. so yeah, well, we'll, we'll reveal that probably, um, at the end of Earthbound, Uh, but that yeah. is, that's a big, or episode. maybe
1: an episode after that too. Like we'll, we'll reveal it at some point soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting a big response for that.
0: Yeah. That one's going to be good.
1: Yep. Um, I just want to make a quick note and we said it before, um, this episode is already very long, but I would want to throw this out there that, uh, I will be at PAX. So PAX is coming up at the end of this month. Um, if you see a, uh, mildly overweight, uh, Caucasian dude with brown hair, Uh, big thick black glasses wearing a watch out for fireballs t-shirt that is me gary butterfield and you should uh uh, say hi or you know give me a wave or something um i would love to to talk to people if you're going to be there and just maybe hang out you know if you if you are a pax attendee you know it's pretty much the best thing in the world and is super super fun so uh, I would love to, to meet some, some some listeners there.
0: Um, in addition to that, uh, both Gary and I will be at the Portland Retro Games Expo uh, on September the 29th and the 30th. That is coming up. But, uh, you know, you can still buy tickets and all of those particular things. Um, so we will mm-hmm. we'll be there. We'll have a booth. Probably going to have a TV set up with some kind of game, which uh, we're still deciding on. But it's going to be amazing. And uh, once we get
1: that, uh, you know, figured out, we'll announce that on the podcast as well. Yeah. So there's probably, you know, not a huge number of people listening to the show who are also, you know, in Portland who are going to that the thing, but for those who are, uh, swing by and actually play the game that we're playing along with us as opposed yeah. to hearing us play it and kind of be part of the show. Exactly. Um, so
0: those, the, those are the two big like convention kind of things. Um, there's also kind of like a big thing happening I've been working on this over the past uh, three or so weeks uh, now but uh, by the time you see this duckfeed.tv and also the watch out for fireballs uh, uh, website will be entirely redesigned Uh, we're upgrading to Squarespace 6 which gives us all kind of perks uh, for the way that uh, the user experience goes so um, we hope that you really enjoy that and we also um, would like your help in kind of like bug fixing that so there's anything that is wrong with it please bring it to our attention there's also a nifty little module on the right side of the watch out for fireballs page which lets you suggest a game so if you yeah. want to put something in there that will go right to our emails and um show us exactly what uh we should be playing
1: in the future so absolutely yeah. um and but if you just <laughs> we've already got you covered. <laughs> so just, um, yeah. But the, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's probably it. You know, go to the usual suspects. Check out the other shows on duckfeed.tv. Go to garybutterfield.net. Um, until then, uh, Fuzzy Pickles. Fuzzy Pickles. Yeah, Fuzzy Pickles. Watch out for Fuzzy Pickles. Watch out for Dr. Demento. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get you. Watch
0: out for Fireballs. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Tardo. yeah <laughs> uh, uh, mysteries do they exist it's uh, <laughs> so hot Paul. it's so
0: fucking hot i'm like nauseous
1: i know i've sweated so much